before Graphically novel But the same old trouble Villains always knocking at the door Pretty pictures on the page But nothing ever stays the Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Graphically Novel. My name is Josh Wasta, a.k.a. Fallout Fury. And with me is my... It's over now, right? It's my dark side. Yeah. Oh, okay. My okay. Steppenwolf. Oh, yeah. Born to be wise. <laughs> <laughs> my Jesse Eisenberg left Luther. Oh, it's oh, fair. One way or the other. It's fair. Oh, Thank you, I guess. <laughs> and with us Better as than usual, Spacey. Right? <laughs> and with us as usual is our Wonder Woman, the lovely and talented Ms. Jennifer Howland. Wonder Woman! <laughs> <laughs> you are not in your combat lingerie. <laughs> yes, I'm not chewing up scenery either. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Thank you. Thank you. No, no. Uh, lamenting Amazon music. That's right. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> lamenting. Yes. Sad anyway. lamentation music. Sad, Sad lamentation, lamentation music. Yes. We're even going to be redundant in our subtitles. That's right. Well, it's my great pleasure to introduce our guest, and of which we have two today. Yay! Yay! We have once again the lovely Kat Esman. Hi guys. We have. Yeah, they can't. They can't hear you wave. <laughs> She's hi, hi, guys. <laughs> hi, it's the same time. <laughs> And we also have Mr. Roger McCready with us as well. Hello. Our DC experts. Now, um, before we jump into the full thing, um, I know Kat had something to say, uh, and and we wanted to make sure to preface this episode by saying we did have four guests. Um, two did uh, decide to, uh, after we watched the Snyder Cut not, not to join us. Um, and a lot of that is because of kind of some of the conversation that came after the movie. So and during the movie and during the movie. Uh, so Jen Barron, I would like to point out that um, this discussion is going to be primarily the three people here. The reason that we have Roger and Kat here is we are not necessarily DC fans or people. So or experts or experts. Or like so all of this is subjective to kind of what we felt watching it and the, the attitudes that we had on it. Um, and of course, we have a podcast, so we're going to express those. Opinions. We're going to tell you our opinions. So you have opinions. And, yeah, yes. we have opinions and if you're subscribing you wanted to hear them so well yeah so it's one would hope it's yes. um, <laughs> but on the other side of that cat had asked for a little bit of time at the at the front so take it away so it's hard to be a dc fan it always kind of has been because we've got hokey like silver age nonsense heroes that everyone throws in our face you can't talk about superman because then you have to hear about the time he rolled time back or whatever that was a movie yeah but he also did a lot of the comics wacky silver age crap the thing is we don't always get very great movies not when you get the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everyone who's a Marvel fan gets to sit and look and that's Chris freaking Evans as perfect Captain America and Robert Downey Jr. being Tony Stark. <laughs> when you're a DC fan, it's really hard to, you don't very often get to look at your heroes on screen. And so when you get it, even when it's not necessarily great, it's so good just to get to see it. You just nerd out because, oh, dude, that's the Martian Manhunter. I don't care about anything else right now. Freaking Martian Manhunter. Like, they nailed Captain Boomerang. Yeah. <laughs> Suicide Squad. I, I get why people didn't like it, and I'm super excited about the new one, but I enjoy the original Suicide Squad. I hated Jared Leto, but the way they did Harley, oh, Who doesn't hate, they, hate Jared Leto? <laughs> the way they did Amanda Waller, like as a DC fan, getting to see the freaking wall in live action being the wall was so good. And then you get out of the theater, and you go online, and you go, oh my god, I saw Suicide Squad, it was great. And then your comments are 
all of these people who aren't DC fans or who really like MCU stuff and they go, but it was so dumb and it wasn't funny and what was with this character and oh my god, Jared Leto Joker. And you just, it ruins it. It ruins your ability to enjoy the thing because everyone has to shit talk it. So it's like, I love this and I'm not going to tell anyone that I did because I don't want someone to tell me how wrong I am. One of our guests that dropped out specifically said, I just can't deal with any more of people yucking my yuck. Yeah, and I get it because it's the life of a DC fan. There are parts of Ryan Reynolds' Hal Jordan that was fun, but we don't get to talk about that because everyone just likes to make Green Lantern jokes. You can't even go watch Deadpool without people making fun of DC. I mean, Ryan did it in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> don't give me a CGI costume. Yeah. He did it a bunch. He did it in both Oh Deadpool. no, he, he shot Ryan Reynolds. Deadpool shot Ryan Reynolds in the face in front of the Green Lantern script. Just oh, make sure he wouldn't do it. Yeah. Oh, that's so dark. You from the DC universe? Like, as a DC fan, there's nowhere you can go that isn't people making fun of you for being a DC fan. For almost the entire time I have known Josh Wasta, I've had to defend being a DC fan to the point where he will tag me and go, give me a single good one. Give me one good And you DC have. Comic. And you have. <laughs> like, I, challenge has been accepted pretty much every time. But it really sucks to have to be on the back foot. Right. So we're about to go into this, and I'm going to absolutely rip apart the Snyder Cut of Justice League because I hated it a lot. But that does not mean I don't love DC. I love DC. I had DC characters on my wedding cake. I just really don't like Zack Snyder. I don't like his Grimdark. vision for what DC is because I think it is antithesis to what DC actually is. DC is for colors. Superman is perfect. He's not. That's actually the point, is that it's fun to mess with Superman. You just can't attack him head on, and that makes him complicated. But I get the complaints that, you know, oh, he's just a Boy Scout. But sometimes you just want the good guys to be good guys. You just want to watch the bad guys lose, because there are natural disasters, and pandemics, and terrible politics, and shitty things happening in the world. And I want to go and spend three hours watching Christopher Reeve be fucking Superman. Yeah. And it's totally fine, and we never get that, because they've hired Zack Snyder to man a lot of DC stuff and yeah. his idea of what superheroes are is the Watchmen right. which is supposed to be a takedown yeah. of what the Justice League actually is absolutely yeah, was... so when I'm about to rant about how much I dislike that movie don't take it that I don't like DC and don't think that I, I didn't enjoy aspects of it. It's, I just don't like this one guy's vision. And I'm really tired of having to defend DC as a thing and have to excuse away what Zack Snyder's doing to DC. And it's yeah. exhausting. I, I think, think that was perfectly well spoken. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yeah, that was, Thank you, Kat. Yeah. And, and, if, and to, to bring it back to what we were saying, this would not be a great comic book podcast if we were like, well, we didn't like DC, so we're not... We're, we're going to close our minds to it. You Wait, know? We're, we're a great comic book podcast? <laughs> Hell I yeah, Bear. So. <laughs> I was talking about Red Conversation. Oh. <laughs> yeah, screw you, Wasta. <laughs> Uh, talking about your mistress and his mistress in front of us. I know, right? <laughs> uh, but awesome. but at the same time, I mean, it's <laughs> we have an open mind for these things. It's we're not going into the Snyder Cut being like, well, gotta hate it because there were parts as that we'll get into that we did like. There are legitimate gripes that are going on about the Whedon Cut that are justified uh, and were shown to be justified through the Snyder Cut. But um, so I guess we'll start with uh, have you recently also watched the week yep. everybody here yep mm -hmm. yeah okay so what were the things let's start with what were the things in the snyder cut that you 
liked that you thought were improvements? Because we're going to go into this as normal, assuming that people have watched the media aspects. And in that case, it's both cuts. We will get into three different comics that were selected uh, by our panel uh, that we have read, but we'll get into those a little bit later. Let's start with initial improvements the Snyder Cut had over the original cut of Justice League. Cyborg. Absolutely. Everything Cyborg is... is Cyborg is way more fleshed out. You have an idea of him and where he comes from so much more. Um, I would also say that Barry has much a much bigger part to play. And I think one of the things that I really didn't like about the, the first movie, the first cut, was that I felt like Cyborg and Flash are just there as plot devices. They're not like people. Um, it's like, I'm only here because I need to do that. Uh, I need to I need to make that thing go or I need to make this thing work. Uh, whereas, as, as opposed to contributing members of the team. Um, Common Flash issues either. They yeah, never do. Once you got a guy with super speed, you always have to account for him. But see, I read a lot of Brave and the Bold, so like Flash gets a lot of credit in those. So I'm like, Flash's stuff. He's he's got um especially Barry Allen. And uh, I think I think those were were better fleshed out. I think that um I also think that, you know, some of the CGI was better than than before. Some of it, not not that armor. God no. Not that <laughs> armor. Oh, I was gonna say there was some Step in the bulk armor. of it I couldn't yeah. say is better. There was some that was better. Well yeah, I, was, I thought yeah. that the only good thing about the CGI armor in the Snyder cut was the the armor that Steppenwolf had and uh Robo Boys. Robo Boy. It's not a Japanese enemy. Oh his that's, his that's uh, a flashback to C episode. His Doom exoskeleton down the corner they the were similar. And and that made sense to me because they were both basically created by the mother box. Yeah, and so that made sense. Okay. And then in the in the Whedon cut, they were different, which also made sense because Steppenwolf's armor wasn't necessarily made by the Mother Box. You know, he had stuff going on outside, but uh, Cyborg was absolutely, you know, his his makeup was made by the Mother Box. Yeah. There were a couple very things that I didn't like. That whole car crash scene was, was terrible. Awful. I, yeah, I was kind of that whole thing. I was like, if we're trying to introduce. Iris, okay, but there are better ways to do it. Also, yeah. <laughs> like, why is Barry, you know, when we read Barry in the comics, Barry is already established as a criminal scientist. Like, that's his job, and he's got superpowers. I was like, why is this kid walking dogs? Uh, why is this kid taking, like, side jobs? And if he's taking side jobs, why isn't he delivering for Grubhub or Postmate? As, um, as the other um, DC person, agree with me or disagree with me here, it's a terrible Barry Allen, but a great Wally West. Yes, absolutely. Or even Every Bart. Every time I watch it, I translate him to Wally West, and I enjoy it way more. Yeah, if he was, if he was Bart Allen, that would make more sense, too, because he's very, yes. like, all over the place and he can't just he can't focus sense as a Barry. yeah because i mean you know barry is supposed to be this like i'm a you know i'm a trained criminal scientist this horrible you know this accident happened one night lightning struck the lab and i got all these powers and like and i'm devoted to fighting crime and also solving my parent you know my mother's murder like, the, the reason he became a criminal scientist in the first place which is they built later but um he is you know this kid i'm like who's this crazy homeless kid how is he building this suit yeah where did he get the stuff where did he get all this space technology but that that car crash scene really is like a perfect example of one of the things I have an issue with Zack Snyder with, which is his lack of subtlety. He because can't be I haven't had a physics class subtext. since high school, which has been well over 20 years ago, and I know that's not how car crashes work. Well, it's not even screw crash. it's screw just physics. It's where he's like reaching up and touching her, and it is straight the birth of man. It is just yeah. Michelangelo's yeah. Sistine Chapel right. in a car crash superhero movie 
with hot dogs flying through. And it's like, it's just... Listen, I haven't seen uh, this many God references since a Mel Gibson movie. Yeah, the complete <laughs> lack of subtext yeah. in the entire film is, there is so no frustrating. There is no subtlety. Mm. Well, and Roger, I agree with you that there, that both um, Flash and Cyborg have much more solid backstories, but I don't care. In the Schneider Cut, it didn't make me care about those characters anymore. The, the personalities for those characters are far better in the Whedon version. And maybe, and maybe that's because Kat and I already have feelings for those characters. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely true. I mean, for Cyborg, the background in the Whedon Cut, even though it didn't go as far into it, made so much more sense for the way that he was behaving, you know, and what was the other thing? Oh, also in the Snyder Cut, it was a car accident that killed his mother and almost killed Victor. And in the Wheaton version, it was a lab explosion. Which and, is what we great. did from Doom and, Patrol. And that's what I know. Yeah. Is and it's supposed to be the lab explosion. Yeah. That, that is more traditional cyborg. Right. Right. There was one thing right. that people pointed out to me. Do you realize how many car accidents and boat accidents are in this movie? <laughs> yes. yes. No, no. Cyborg has a car accident. Yeah. Flash has a car accident. Yep. Aquaman has a boat accident. Right. Batman is driving a car accident. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Cause but I'm like, car accidents. Yeah. Right. If we go back to the what? previous movie, Batman caused lots of car yeah. accidents <laughs> yeah. and yes. a couple plane accidents too. Yeah. yeah. And and that's the thing is like, I was like, okay, convenient plot device, but um, you know, what about the origin stories in the canon? Like, can you, it doesn't take a lot. Like you could have done like a 30 second shot with his mom in the lab. He causes the accident. His mom dies and his dad rebuilds him. Right. Done. Well, it's right. indicative of Snyder though because he doesn't, and it's indicative of, of a kind of common scene problem that like the Nolan movies suffered from a lot, which is you'd go to watch a DC movie and it feels like they're embarrassed that it's superheroes. Yes. Yeah. And so they try and strip the superhero-ness away. Well, and I've always appreciated the MCU because they've never shied away from it. But having it be a car accident is mundane, which to me cheapens it. But Snyder thinks it makes it realistic, rounds it. But it also takes the 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 pain and the guilt away from Vic. Yeah. Yeah, it takes away his agency for exactly. why he's trying to do the right thing. Exactly. Yeah. Taking away agency is the theme of the Snyder. Yes. Yeah, which we'll get into <laughs> soon. But okay, so we, we've, we've kind of gone back and forth and I want to try to stay on positive from oh. the Snyder <laughs> But okay. <laughs> for right now, okay. Bear, what did you like about the Snyder Cut? You're our media um, guy. Come on, man. <laughs> listen, there are times that I like to sit down with a good long movie. There are times where I will, you know, go grab some snacks, beer, soda, whatever. Specific snacks for specific styles of movies. We had this conversation about board games one time. It's like, you gotta warn me if we're gonna sit down, like, come over to play board games. Oh, you already have Talisman set up when I walked in the door? If you'd have told me that, I'd have brought different shit. Right. I didn't know. That's a marathon game. Yeah. I didn't know when I sat down to watch Snyder Cut that this was a four, four hour, four. four and a half hour movie. Four That's like almost the minutes. entire length of my like Dune miniseries, the two Dune miniseries that I watched. I was about to say, you can sit with a good long movie because you're a Dune fan. Yes, yeah. I understand this. Um... <laughs> I'd rather watch the Ten Commandments. Now, thankfully, I you know I had I had Ouch. bourbon, so I was good. Um, were there things I liked? Yes, obviously we've already covered Vic's storyline. There was so much, maybe just the little bits and pieces that like could have gotten added to the Whedon that would have made life better. Um, there were fewer uh, gratuitous ass shots of Diana, you know, like just, literally just. 
literally just true. like panning in on everybody or else upskirt. from yeah or either upskirt, upskirt or mm -hmm. just like at the level of diana's ass mm -hmm. and we're but we're look we're watching shit that's going on in the background but the foreground is just like two-thirds of the screen is like here's gal gadot's ass <laughs> now well, i'm not how many how many scenes of them like getting out of an airplane or whatever and you're watching it like you're under the airplane and it's gal gadot's and her skirt flips yeah. up and yeah. you're like okay panty yeah. shot you know yeah. like granted they're not yeah. it's not like it was black lace or anything it was like fucking you know how did we not know being was problematic again <laughs> i'm just saying like, i mean he's always been i'm, I'm trying to pick up i'm trying to pick yeah. up positive things yeah so we had we had more backstory granted i think we had a little too much backstory um but we had more backstory i overall i think the plot in general for the snyder cut was better in the whedon Agreed. one it felt a little contrived it felt a little one note it felt kind of forced like this is yeah. why steppenwolf is here but the snyder one yeah i mean because he had four hours that he was working with could work a lot more plot in there and he could work in dark side and he could work in you know uh bruce wayne's i don't know what we kind of want to call it fever dream premonition it's called dream. nightmare nightmare okay <laughs> like k and it there oh, okay yeah oh yeah it was actually a thing wasn't it yeah um so it, there were, there the was... first time it happened in bbs i was like is this injustice <laughs> so excited <laughs> seems like it doesn't it yeah um there was a lot of great plot addition there was a lot of great backstory as far as other good things? I, I think I'm I think I'm tapped out for good things. I, I will agree build off of what you said. The one of the most common complaints about the Whedon cut, the theatrical cut, was that Steppenwolf was boring, that he was one note, that there was no depth or reason for him to be there. And I do think that they did a much better job of building Steppenwolf as a threat. I think yes. that they did a much better job of giving him reasons to be there. Mm -hmm. Um I think that doing that also kind of I like having Dark Side like as a oh, here's a dark side cameo and there's Granny Goodness, which made me nerd out because DC Oh my god, yes. I was like, Granny Goodness! Granny Maggie's like, who's Granny Goodness? I was like, Granny Goodness! And then Granny Goodness never talked. No. And I was like, who is she? Who's playing her? <laughs> so just got rough. I but I think at like the way they changed it to be dark side in the prologue prequel bit actually kind of cheapens Darkseid as a future villain because if you watch him get his butt stomped by King Arthur and King Atlan and Hippolyta and Zeus like it's hard to be like oh well you know how are the Justice League gonna defeat Darkseid well it's not gonna be that hard right because like, literally it's already been done we've already done it once so it's I, I feel like adding too much Darkseid undermines Darkseid's future but I still for like I very much like adding the depth to Steppenwolf that they did on the side of Steppenwolf one of my major notes and one of the things that has not been mentioned thus far is that when you have a double the length long movie you can really accentuate some really good scenes um cgi notwithstanding in certain parts the amazon steppenwolf fight yeah, was, was awesome yes. because in a way that neither wonder woman movie has really shown to that extent you got to see a lot of amazons kicking a lot of ass and seeing that it's not just diana yeah. that has all of these you know the beginning of 1984 kind of gets into it a little bit, but then you got a little girl beating all of them. Yeah. Like, you know, the Amazons were front and center and starred. Unfortunately, it was the only agency that any women had in this movie. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we will get into that We'll, in we'll get into the bad. We'll start yeah. with the good. Right. Well, and I do I do agree that, that making Steppenwolf in the Snyder Cut, making, like, setting it up where he is, that desperation makes him more 
of a threat yeah. rather than this is my job. I'm just coming here to take over this planet. I also, I also feel like it humanized him a bit. Yeah. It, it, human, it humanized Steppenwolf in the sense that he's like, I've disappointed father and I need to redeem myself. Yeah. yeah. Because I love my dad. I love my 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 leader. I love my Daddy Lord. Darkside. Yeah. No, I mean yeah. he does. He worships him. He's he, you know, granted Steppenwolf is one of the new gods, but Darkside's his guy and Darkside's his lord and he's that's he cares about serving him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think if you mix both of them, you can make it better. If you yeah. have it so that he finds a hint that the anti-life equation is on Earth, right. not part of Earth. What the hell is that Darkseid? Also, no. why did Darkseid suddenly forget? I As he was getting his ass kicked. I don't. I have no explanation for that problem. But if you had to be like, oh, I think the anti-life equation might be here. That gives you that desperation. Yeah. That desperation, I have to do it this time. I have to do this. Yeah. Then you can take both of them. Yes. Mix them and make them better. Yeah. If yeah. you mix, if you took a couple bits from the Snyder Cut and mixed it into the Whedon Cut, you'd have a really good movie. Make no, the Essman Cut. I agree. <laughs> make because the Essman Cut. Know. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Release the Essman Cut. I'm going to get you some video editing software. Yeah. You're going to put together the Essman cut. It'll be fantastic. Because I really like, I like the the humor and the personality that Wheaton is able to get with the characters. And I felt like the storyline in the Schneider cut was the thing. And that the characters were just there to perform the storyline. Like there was no real interest in them. A lot and of the characters were just flat. I mean, yeah. And the thing is, is like, it's the same fucking movie. Like, you just cut out the stuff that made them seem more relatable. So, on that note, I am not a huge DC person, but here's after watching these two no, versions. You're like a five foot four DC person. Sit. Five foot <laughs> not six. that short. <laughs> Uh, here's the one thing that I know if you're going to do a movie like this and you're going to have it take place in both Gotham City and Metropolis that for some reason are across the bay and I, I like get that. but she also likes wear heels in Metropolis it's always day in Gotham it's always night that's that is your that's what you're showing like that's that's your whole thing to take everything and make it always nighttime in the Snyder Cut was so, so dark. depressing and grim dark and bullshit but, but it all in black and white now. I know. Which <laughs> they released a black and white version of the Snyder Cut. Oh, wait, you, wait like what? No. Yeah, it's on I HBO. Just making fun of no. Snyder no. Black of no, that is an actual thing that was released this week. Yeah, oh, they Jesus. The whole, they full circle. Wow, he thinks very highly of himself. No, it's not in my children. No, that was. This is my. Snyder. This is my Schindler's List. I was about to say, and at one point, there's a little girl with a red cloak. Right? Oh. No, they, they decided to, because because all the Snyder Cut really was, was him steering into criticism. When you really look at it, he just doubled down on everything people made fun of him for. They released a black and white. I mean, all they had to do was, gray edition, all they had to do was, like, edit a little bit of red out of it, and it was sorry. done. That's what but, I said. Oh, sorry, I missed that. They literally advertised it yeah. as the Justice is Gray edition, and I can't put into words how angry that makes me as a DC fan. Oh, I hate it so much. Here's something I thought they did better. Here's something I thought they did better. I feel like Affleck, Batman in this seemed way more competent. Ooh, I disagree. Yeah, I disagree really? too. Yeah, I disagree too. You're, you're, you're an island on that one. I'm sorry. I, I, know, well, I want to hear, I hear your, I yeah, hear your reasoning. Okay, because here's the thing. When it came to like the 
leadership role and that and you know i'm not trying to criticize we're not in the criticizing part no no, no that's i okay. feel we like you can skip right okay i feel like i okay i feel like in in the whedon cut um i felt like diana had a much bigger role as the leader as a leader of the group because a the other people like, leader uh, has yes hesitant leader because she's basically locked herself away from everything for a long time which doesn't explain 1984 but um she you know she takes charge of the of the rest of the justice league while batman's on this little suicide mission can, can and I, can i interrupt you for just a second there absolutely there's actually a point in the whedon cut where batman says he's basically trying to set diana up right as yes. A yes. Leader. i'm only right. leading because you won't yeah right and and that's and that's the thing and it's like and it's and it's cool i think because it um respects diana as a you know seasoned warrior who is far older than Bruce and has a lot more experience with this sort of thing um, and then when you go to the Snyder Cut I feel like Bruce is like I'm in charge like I'm I'm running the show I don't feel like Diana had that role at all and, and I would agree that that's actually more Batman Batman is not the guy who's going to let Wonder Woman right over. Batman's like not, it's going to be like Bruce this Wade because I said so control. right well and but and there was a scene and it's so funny that that scene stuck with me when we were watching the Snyder Cut they are sitting in, in wherever it is that he has also in the Snyder Cut that giant ship was alien tech, but in the Whedon verse, it was a troop carrier that is that he's building. I don't know. The anyway. thing that he's working on that. Yeah. Oh no! I thought I he bought. Get... I thought he bought that. I thought no, he built. He it, had it, it built. He was building it in both versions. What's up? He, he built it in both versions. I thought. Yeah. It was I think, Snyder, I think in Wayne's... the Snyder in the Snyder right. cut. I thought he referred to it as alien tech. Cyborg. It, Cyborg uh, says Cyborg, there's yes. alien tech okay. in there. Okay. 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 But there's a scene where before the team has come together, that Diana is there with him, and they're looking at a computer screen, and she's sitting at the desk, and it's like you know he's sitting behind her, not at the desk. And she goes, they have a conversation. She goes to grab the mouse to do something on the computer as he like tries to jump in and grab the mouse at the same time. And I was just like, ah. <laughs> well, but so canonically, Bruce is a control freak. Yep. And like, you know, if you haven't read enough yet, he has contingency plans for killing his best friends. Oh, don't um, worry. We'll get into that. Tower of Babel. talking about yeah. Tower of Babel. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, there's Tower of Babel and then there's also OMAC Protocol. Oh, which we did um, not read for this. Oh. Okay. But in, in both, he's like, here's my plan for how I kill my friends. Yeah. Sir, sir, not appearing in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I agree with you in that I think that him taking a stronger role is a lot more true to Bruce Wayne as a character. Um, I think it is, again, very indicative of the difference of the director. We but I wanted Diane in charge. In charge. Um, the part where I think that they disservice Batman is, is also the part where they do uh, the third disservice to Lois Lane, which is mm -hmm. when they bring Superman back, they don't have Batman go and get Lois and have her sit in a car with Alfred waiting. That literally calls it the big gun. Yeah, like, yeah. in the Sweden cut, it shows Batman go, oh, we need a contingency. I'm yeah. Bruce Wayne and I'm a Genius. Here's my contingency. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to have her ready to go. And it gives Lois the agency of Bruce came to her and she chose to participate. She chose to help yes. instead of just happening to be there when it all goes tense up. Right. Right. I, I think they completely undermine Bruce's tendency to play chess, not checkers. Right. Yeah. By not having him do it, by having it just be accidental. Right. Yeah, because Bruce is all about strategy. Yeah. Yeah. 
and see my other uh piggyback on top of that was in the Snyder cut you you have Bruce basically just I don't know how else to describe it other than the fact that he seems like he is suddenly a Superboy fan Superman fanboy um probably because of his guilt because suddenly he killed Superman like that right. was that was a big thing he that came up a couple times happen. he yeah. killed Superman yeah. and suddenly he's turned into this Superman fanboy when he's confronted with Clark standing there in front of his memorial he's literally just standing there dumbfounded and I'm, I'm, that's one other thing I'm going to bring up is the whole um, both BVS and not so much in BVS but definitely in Justice League um, his cowl makes him look like he's standing there like what the fuck's going on, guys? Like, just the way it, it, like it fits he's, around. He's like, yeah, like, he's totally clueless. Yeah. And he's got a dumb fuck expression. Yeah, yeah. Like he's just, like, kind of got, got this, like, what's going on here, you know? Well, and Bro. see... That, that goes back to my theory. I, I love Ben Affleck, but his lips are not great. <laughs> he cannot act with his lips. And you have to be able to act with the lower half of your face. I didn't have Superman. any problem with any Batman. other aspect Sorry. of like Ben Affleck as a as a physical figure for Batman other than the cowl. He was the bomb in Phantoms, yo. I, uh... Affleck was the bomb in Phantoms, yo. <laughs> I, I was doomed to not like that outfit because it's very based on the Dark Knight and I really, really actively hate the Dark Knight and Frank Miller. So I like as soon as during We will not be inviting you onto the uh <laughs> onto the Sin City. I had a glass, I had a mouthful of wine. You almost got spit taped in the back of the head. Yeah, you don't it wouldn't be a good time. I'm gonna guess that Jen will also have your opinions on Frank Miller. On the Miller verse, where every man is an asshole and every woman is a whore. Yep. I don't think they're getting paid for it though. I was already gonna dislike that costume. Because yeah, when they released paid. the promo pictures for Batman v Superman, it was obvious Frank Miller Batsuit. And I was like, oh, no. And so, yeah, the fact that the cowl sucks, I was, yeah, of course it does. It's based on Frank Miller. I didn't Frank mind Miller the sucks. fact that he basically looked like, you know, He-Man in gray spandex. Like, <laughs> I, I was fine with that. Like, everything else, all the rest of the visuals in the movie, I'm just like, okay, fine, whatever. But the, the cowl, like, out of all of that, like, I am, my, my I'm already put on, like, what, what did he put on? 20, 30 pounds of fucking sheer muscle and was actually him doing those fucking exercises in the cutscenes, yep. but mm-hmm. then you like you've got all that. The suit adds like two inches all the way around, you know, making your body mass look even bigger. And then you've got a cowl that makes him look like something out of King of the Hill. You know, <laughs> I will say uh, both cuts, costume notwithstanding, I-, I love Affleck as Batman. I, love I Affleck as think Batman. he did a really too. great job. I do too. I-, I really think that he does a- an excellent job of showing like the, the pathological depth of strategy and tactics that the man is capable of. I would say and, best Batman since Keaton. Yeah, but he also is so human, so flawed. He like, he, he can do both. He can show you both at the Very same rare time. do you get a Batman that is good at being Batman and Bruce Wayne. Yes. Get you a Batman that can do both. I'll yeah. give you that. I, I will give you that he is the best both Batman and Bruce Wayne Minus since Keaton. Conrad. Since Keaton. And that's that's what it was, is, is that, that's what people like. That's what most people that love Keaton. They're like, you got to take the good with the bad, and he does like he does both sides of it. Mm-hmm. And then you can say, you know, uh, uh, Christian, the, Bale. Christian Bale did a great Bruce Wayne, but then he had this voice with the Batman. Now, actually, <laughs> I found that more funny while while I was reading. Uh, was it Totality where everybody's yeah. doing the 
everybody's the voice. throwing in and little spoiler, little spoiler. It's just funny, but it's a little. Spoiler. Oh no, that was Tower Babel, wasn't it? No, it was no, it was, it was totality. It was totality right. where everybody's, everybody's like, doing do, the Batman. Everybody's voice. trying to do a Batman voice, and <sighs> that that just made me giggle a little bit more because every time somebody started talking about how they were gonna do here, you know, that was a good one or whatever, I just keep thinking back to the scene from Dark Knight. Swear to me, right? swear to me, I'm not the one wearing hockey pants. Right, what do I come over? So I, I just kept thinking back to those scenes, and I'm like, "That's great!" And yeah, we look back on them now and say, "Oh my god, really?" But I was that, saying the that comic the, books do that too. It's true, but I was saying that in the theater watching Batman Begins, I was like, "I'm into this. I like this. That is the dumbest Batman voice I've ever." Heard. I'm just like, I'm just like he he has a he has a crazy tech suit. He's a crazy tech car. Why doesn't he just get a voice changer? Right. Is how you can't have a voice modulator and some speakers? Right. Well, and I felt like they did that for Ben Affleck. Yeah, they did. Yes. They yeah. did it in BVS. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I said during our Batman episode that I thought that Affleck was probably is my favorite live action Batman. That's yeah. Cool. No, I do. I just wish this. that someone would give him a good script. <laughs> um. So that's that's one of my major the Whedon cut over the Snyder cut was if I'm in a movie especially okay if I'm gonna sit down for a four hour movie not not even talking about a two hour movie I would like to be entertained you know Mm -hmm. and part of that entertainment is showing me not everybody is grim dark like even Batman has a sense of humor it's a joke about how he doesn't often have a sense of humor Um, why you have Alfred which is why you have other people around him yes absolutely but there's even and the Snyder Cut took all of the humor. I, that there was some really great humor in the Whedon Cut. There was. I was laughing. Now other people are going to argue that there is still humor. I don't. No, even, there I was don't one. Know, I don't know that I would call what was left over humor. I would really call it more mirth because it is still dark. Right. And it, it's flat. Trying to be there funny. Was, there was one good joke. I think in the entire Snyder cut and it stands out in my head. And it was when um, he introduces everybody to Alfred and he goes, uh, everyone, this is Alfred. I work for him. And, <laughs> and it, like, I was like, Oh, that that's funny. And I, yeah. but it was the only moment in the movie where I was like, ah, I will say, I just wanted to do this one more. I thought it was a really positive thing. It was one thing that I thought was really positive in this movie versus in Snyder cut versus Whedon verse. We can cut was um, when Diana sees a little girl in that museum scene and she says, I want to be like you. Yes. And she yeah. says, you can be anything you want to be. And I was yeah. like, and as, a, and as a father with a daughter too, I was yes. like, it's also just yes. Diana. It's yeah. very, 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 right. very, Diana. yes. Right. It also, it also, it also birthed my favorite meme right now, which is her looking at the little girl going, you can't, I'm a God. <laughs> <laughs> Is, that reminds me of my other, well, another good part of the Snyder Cut, which is Alfred and Diana making tea. Yes. yes. Alfred and Diana making tea was good. Yeah. I enjoyed that. That was so fun. Yeah. And that it was, was very both of them. It was very he's, both he's of them. He's very obviously mansplaining to her. No, he's a control no. freak. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like clutching his pearls his, because he can't do it himself. It's 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 not. It's that he's a British butler. Yeah. yeah. And he's yeah. like, I'm I make the tea. I'm the right. I do it right. I always do it right. And she's like, I've been making right. tea for five thousand years. Right. Yeah. But and that's the other thing. In in all of the depictions of Alfred, I mean, you always see him like basically he's secret butler. Like he's. He's butler, but not because he secretly runs all of Bruce's stuff and he is the he's the guy in the chair. Before Oracle, he's the guy in the chair. Yeah. Um, he's, he's he's his Jarvis. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's where I was going, actually. And that Jarvis in Marvel is a butler first. 
mm-hmm. and a guy in the chair guy. second. And yeah. most of the time when they portray Alfred, it's the other way around. Until they introduce Lucius Fox. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, but yeah. but that's that's the thing is traditionally if you're gonna compare Jarvis and uh and Alfred, that's that's the the difference there. One was I, I would answer. personally like to point out that in my personal opinion, uh I think Batman is honestly Batman Bruce Wayne is a better version of Tony Stark. I'm not arguing with that <laughs> at all. Especially because especially because he's not drunk. Get, well, well, I mean, he's drunk on other things, but right. Um, he has his own mental especially voice. once you get into like when you get into actually BVS, where he has essentially powered armor. Like, right. you yeah. now have a Iron Man. Well, the difference between Iron them, Batman, whatever you want to call it, but that evokes a little bit more Nazism. But right. So the difference is Tony Stark had his father around mm. for a while, like sort of around until he was and, seventeen. Right, and and Bruce Wayne didn't. Yes. So right. Tony Stark could have been Batman if his parents had died when he was. <laughs> <And> if, he, <laughs> if he would have trauma know. earlier in life, yeah. Bruce gone crazy the thing, sooner. The thing that drove them is different. I think yeah. that Iron Man. I think if Tony lost his parents young he would never become iron man i think the only reason tony's iron man is because he had a controlling absentee father who was around and he was constantly trying to press it yeah. and i think if you didn't have that like inset like yeah. i have to prove that wrongness he would never become iron man bruce is That's driven it. by revenge tony is driven by ego yes um, but the other part of it is that Bruce is a strategist. Tony is a futurist. Yep. Tony doesn't care. Like, while Bruce is pre- playing chess, Bruce is also protecting his queen and his bishop and, and other, what he deems important pieces. Tony would sacrifice everything Tony's as long yeah. as he took the king in the end, and the future is secure. They play yeah. a very different yeah. game of chess. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. 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 Um, wow, that was a very... It was deep. Sorry, I took us off on a weird <laughs> sideline that made everybody think. I don't, I don't do this often, but I am still thinking here. <laughs> the other thing with Batman, they'll never do a movie where they or, or a story anymore. I think where they include this guy because he's an obscure little figure. But there's a guy who lives in the Batcave canonically who builds Batman's tech pre Lucius Fox, and his name is I, Yes, because we covered that in which which comic was he in? He's a little hunchback guy that works that used to work for the Penguin. Uh, was it? No, it was in. Was it in? cacophony where he got shot was it no no he wasn't it was in one of the other things that we read for batman that guy because he was mute yeah he used to work for penguin Harold Allnett. Now I get it. No, I don't. We just did that episode. Yeah. Like, how, how do I not remember this? He was mute and he wished for something. And was that in Hush? That might have been. He in was Hush. in Hush. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was Hush. Yeah. Yeah. It was a. It was a smaller part of Hush. Yeah. Hush killed him. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Now I'm remembering. But so, he's never been in the movies. So, so going stories. to another another part that was of of great contention both when we watched the Snyder Cut in last night when Jen and I rewatched it. Talk about the music. Oh my god. Oh my god. I could rant about this music. Alright, so all I have to say is Whedon knows what's up when it comes to a soundtrack. He knows he knows not only how to choose music that fits the scene, fits the emotion of what he's trying to portray. He also uses artists that are, you know, the zeitgeist at the time of the movie. And it was a really well done soundtrack. There were only a couple of times that I actually like in my like took me out of the movie enough to say this is a great song this was a really good choice for this point and every time music played in the schneider cut every time i said what the fuck is up with this music so i don't think that's a whedon thing about what the music is good it's who 
Whedon hired. True. Because Junkie XL did the Snyder Cut soundtrack, and I hated it. Danny fucking Elfman did the Whedon Cut. So of course it was good. He's Danny Elfman. Right. Well, here's the other thing, too, is I, I don't know about the rest of you guys, but specifically I remember that when I watched the, as I watched the original cut, the theatrical cut of Justice League at home before I came here. Yes. The same and, day. And yeah. watched the same day before I came here and watched the, the Snyder Cut. I don't typically watch things with subtitles at home. Josh and Jen typically do watch everything with subtitles, and I think the subtitles actually made me like the Snyder Cut far less, because then I got to see How all of the horrible things were described, and I and I and then it is now in my brain. Right. Whereas it would have just been a passing thought yes. of, like, the I would have probably called the music nondescript. Right. Wouldn't have even, it wouldn't have crossed your consciousness. Yeah, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been an element that I'd be talking about right now, except the fact that I saw how everything was described. I saw lyrics to songs going through in the in the subtitles, yep. and then I just started hating it. Yeah. I mean, so first, they ruined the Wonder Woman theme. Yes. And I'm real, real mad about it. Well, because it's like, when they introduced we, we, it in we Batman started with Superman, good, we're skipping like, over bad and going straight to ugly. <laughs> so in Batman v Superman, when they intro that Wonder Woman theme, I was like, okay, I don't know how you can do like the Superman theme. You can play it kind of soft, and you can it's behind big triumphant moments, and it can mm. be behind sad moments. It's a good theme that you can pull through multiple things. The same thing with like the classic Danny Elfman um, Batman theme. You can yep. you can slow it down. I, I can't think of what it is. What the actual old school Superman theme was right now, because the only thing I've got going through my head is um, Indiana Jones. There you go. Bum, bum, but bum, I had, I was just thinking of Indiana Jones, and they did the same thing with that. Because you get the oh, John know. Williams' work, which is Superman themed, yeah. so that's why it's the same. John Williams is a genius for that. The way he can take a motif and make it instantly recognizable, and then stretch that motif fit the emotion necessary. Star and the, Wars, yeah. The Wonder Woman theme is uh, it was also by Junkie XL because he did Batman v Superman. And at the time, I was like, this is dope for a fight scene, but I don't see how you can translate this motif into into like sad moments. And clearly, they didn't know how to do that either. <laughs> And so instead, <laughs> they just made it quieter and then put this, like, kind of, I can't think of a better way to describe it than the way the subtitles did, which was this it ancient was, lamentation. It was yeah. Gregorian chant if it was all female. Yeah, it was like and, well, but yeah. Like, yeah. like, like somebody choir, just got, like, shot themselves. Kind of Wailing woman. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't Gregorian. It was more like ancient Middle Eastern yeah. mourning music. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Lamentation. Yeah, lamentation. Yeah, but, so, and that's great if you need a quiet moment. Like, if you wanted to do, if, like, oh, here's a sad moment or a part where she's really pensive, we're going to come in with this and then rotate it into the Wonder Woman theme. That would have been fun. That would have been really cool. But instead, every time Wonder Woman did a cool thing, we had to listen to ancient lamentation music or, that or sad lamentation or, music that moves into the Wonder Woman theme yeah. and it's just like wait this should be like a cool moment she's got a sword and she's about to like hit Steppenwolf and instead of you get and then the theme and it just undermined the coolness but it didn't it wasn't even the actual theme it was sort of like a discordant yeah you literally because it said like lamentation music lament is sad I am lamenting the fact that I spent four hours on this movie. He's really, really sad bear. But every time... It's a sad she, lament. Every time she does anything cool, we're 
lamentation music and like why and it is just undermines wonder woman's position in those scenes it makes you go oh crap is something bad about to happen like whether or not you're aware of it like good music should help set you up for what the scene's about to right. give you so if you want if you want the difference between the two cuts what we recognized yesterday so the scene after aquaman saves the guy in the bar takes the bottled liquor drinks it down says it's on his tab walks out into the ocean and then we have cool music in the weed in cut. snyder it's like this sad like like this this weird that yeah. like like again chant kind of as he goes in because it's godlike that he's entering it's the fucking white stripes yeah like in the yeah. weed and cut it's like, like a it's a rock, rock and roll yeah. Yeah. like drink my whiskey throw the bottle down go back into the ocean baby like yeah. Yeah. So like, why the fuck up. can't we have fun with this right. movie right. absolutely because if you let jason momoa show any kind of like charisma he will overtake the rest of the cast Superman. Superman. Yeah. Yes. i'm waiting they for dune i'm life. waiting for dune jason momoa in the Whedon cut, he's all like, Mama man. And in the Snyder cut, he's like, Mama man. Mama man. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, you ADR'd that. Why did you ADR that? It was great. Yeah. Well, there oh. was one other thing, and it was a tiny thing that I loved in the Whedon version was when Barry Allen was like, We're not going to pet Barry Superman, are we? <laughs> and then he's like, We totally. And then, him. yeah. And then when, when, when Superman shows up, he goes, <laughs> He just whispers to himself, He goes, Pet Cemetery. Yeah. I think my favorite, like, like Whedon thing that didn't make it into the Snyder Cut was right away in the beginning when Arthur's got fucking Bruce up against the wall. Like, you really talk to Fish? Yes. Yeah. Like, twice in the next, like, two minutes, he said, and it's funny both times. Right. And it's and the same thing because it's also out. dressed like a bat is, is in yeah. the Snyder Cut. But when Aquaman first shows up and, like, and, like, interrupts everybody, he's, mm. like, dressed as a bat. He's <laughs> like, like, I love it. It's like a callback. Right. Like, but, yeah. then, but also in the Whedon, in the Whedon version, Bruce Wayne says, so you can talk to fish. He actually goes, well, I don't, I don't actually talk like, to fish. It's, it's like, it's the water. Like the water. The water. Yeah. 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 At least they don't dress like a bat. You know, like, yeah. they right back and forth. Yeah. Like, and let's have right. some banter. There's reason yeah. for those lines. Not just, like, I'm going to say this thing, and then we're going to ignore that I said I'm it. Just, and, right. and, I'm just pointing out. DC fan, it's real frustrating. When they put that in the trailer, I was mad because I'm, again, as a DC fan, and if you like Aquaman, you constantly have to hear, but he don't, you, it's all Super Friends. Super Friends were ruined Aquaman. <laughs> and so whenever people make Aquaman jokes, it's just Super Friends jokes, but it's just about Aquaman. And the whole time you're like, he doesn't just talk to fish. He's got super strength. He's a right. king. I, like, he does cool shit. I, I'm just going to say this. That line is basically a, a steal from New 52 with Green Lantern and Batman. So he says, he says, hey, do you have a you know, do you have like superpowers? Do you drink blood or something? He's like, no. He's like, do you do this? He's like, no. It's like, so you're just a guy in a bat costume? And Batman just turns around at him and smiles. And then he like pulls up Hal's ring out of his hand and he's like, so how does this work? <laughs> and Hal's like, do me that. I love that bit every time. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> that is good. Oh, I also love the line when uh, when Batman picks up Barry and he's just like, oh, this is so cool. This is so cool. And he gets in the car. He's like, so what do you do? What's your, what's your superpower? superpower? I'm, I'm rich. rich. Which I'm rich. one of the few lines that, that Snyder kept. Yeah. Snyder yeah. kept. Yeah. Except I don't know what it, it, it's all of the stuff before. And Jen pointed out yesterday, it's because Barry is talking a mile a minute from the time he realizes Bruce is Batman. Like he's, he's so enamored and, yeah. he's, and he's so rambling cute. and he's fanboying out, whatever. Snyder Cut had a little bit of that, but not nearly as much. And so it's like Barry, like, so what's your deal? And he just says, I'm rich. That's funny because it's the only thing. 
everything Bruce has said in, in like, like ten minutes. Yes. Yeah. In a, since, in a he, since he threw the the bat shirt at him. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and so it's like a whole thing in the Snyder cut. Like it falls so fucking flat. Right. Yeah. Also, they don't the ex- they don't explain why. Like we know because we know what the Flash is. We know why he's eating. Yeah. Like in that scene, we yeah. know why he's like, got a whole pizza. There's no explanation. There's like, no explanation oh in the Whedon cut. Oh god. No, no in the Whedon cut there is. Then it's in both. It was in okay. the Snyder cut. Okay. And can we but, just? That's where I want to bring up the other thing that just made this okay. The Snyder cut a slog for me. Aside from Cat's husband Troy, who <laughs> kept making random. It started about an hour and a half to two hours in with the about every half hour was the guess what we haven't seen yet Jared Leto's Joker and I'm from the other side of the room I'm like ah but no the the fact that all of the dialogue in the Snyder Cut was modified to literally beat the audience over the head with everything that was going on it explained absolutely everything or explained nothing you had two options you had we had we're not going to talk about this at all, and then we get had we're going to spell out every detail because we don't think you're fucking smart enough to be able to figure out anything on your own. It's like there are two types of people: those that can, can uh, extrapolate from incomplete data. Right. And a quick point about the music, since that's what we had started on. Uh, anything with lyrics was just great value brand Leonard Cohen. Yes. Um, I don't even know it was great value oh, brand. I would say sub <laughs> sub substandard Leonard. I was about to say yeah, the Cohen, only great value is the Walmart brand. Oh, I like yeah. thought you said yeah great. great grade value. No, great, like, great value is the Walmart level brand. Set. Yeah. So it's the Walmart brand Leonard Cohen. Okay. But that's another problem I have with Zack Snyder. I have many. But one of them, and it was blatantly apparent in the Snyder cut of Justice League, is that he thinks his audience is stupid. That's the only explanation for the fact that he never lets a point sit. He never just gives a couple hints and then you can figure it out. He has to explicitly explain the plot over and over. And it's just, it's insulting as an audience member that you don't think I can figure that out. The worst part of that, and I'm trying to remember what it was in the Whedon cut, but it was like a sentence on what the mother boss did. And oh, yeah. in the Snyder cut, it was, if your house burns, it turns into oh, smoke, yes. and all of this goes into the air, and the mother boss take all the smoke and make your house back. But it was like a five-minute explanation for how that works. Well, but it was also, it was basically saying the mother box can take, like, this tragedy and turn it back into a good thing. And in the Whedon one, it was like, the mother box takes molecules and makes it into Something. Right. It's like it destroys, but then it creates. Right. But it was also not, it wasn't like, it takes like, say your house burned down, it'll take the smoke and make your house again. It's like, right. it takes the things that's there and makes it something else. Right. Yeah, it's, it's not attributing good or bad right. to it. Right. Cut, but that would, you know, undermine his need to make sure we all know that they're God. Oh God, the worship. The amount all of the music worship in this. So I felt many, like I was at DC so many, Church. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like like Kat was saying earlier, like the mic. Which we've been painting. to <laughs> We have. Sorry. So you know what we haven't actually talked about yet, hardly at all? The comics that we read. Well, we which going to finish the media. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I only have like one big more point, but let's see if big, Roger has anything. Big more. Roger, you got Tell anything? Big more point <laughs> about about the Snyder cut specifically. Well, uh, any of the media. Um, any of the media. Any. Well, um, any of the movie. the two any movies. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, if you want to um, talk about the animated stuff, I'd love to. Hear I was going to say it. we can't not talk about the animated stuff at some point because it's just. I mean, I, I will say this: Justice League, as it existed as an animated media, um, has been, I think, so much more. I think, I think, D. 
DC, the, the difference between DC and Marvel a lot of the time is that DC has nailed its animated product yep. and almost consistently with the exception of, I would say of Teen Titans Go. And, yeah, Teen Titans Go. Um, but, and Marvel has not done a great job historically with their animated stuff. Has anybody Marvel watched has, the Teen Titans Go versus the original good Teen Titans? No. Yeah. They did a movie of it? It was just making fun of fans who don't like Teen Titans Go. It was really insulting. Oh, was it? It yes. was. Um, um, yeah, but then, but then, D, but then, then DC, sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, but so DC has done a really good job with their animated stuff. There's a lot of really cool and even very adult animated stuff out there that's really quite good that has to do with Justice League um, and, and a lot of their cool characters whereas um marvel nailed their cinematic universe they got a tree and the talking tree and a raccoon in a movie and everybody loved it and i don't I, I mean i really agree with what kat was saying in the beginning like i feel like Zack snyder has personally taken every part of the live action universe and just made it sad and like it made everybody who didn't know about dc like go <laughs> these movies suck. These characters suck. And everybody who really loved it is like, we love these characters so much. And we feel like this guy is taking our, our favorite thing and, and like throwing it around like Hulk in, in the first Avengers movie. It's that line in Deadpool. It's, right. oh, that's so grimdark. You must from the DC. You're so dark. That's what you're so dark. Think. Are you sure you're not from the DC? Universe? That's what people who aren't DC fans think DC is. And in the meantime, I'm sitting here going, but there's Calendar Man. And Plastic Calendar. Man. Jesus fucking God. Right. I love Plastic Man. The calculator. The Shark, Secret Six. There's the so Red Bee. The <laughs> There's Red so Bee. Good DC stuff that's just fun, campy nonsense that I love. King Shark. King Shark is a shark. We're about to see him in, in Suicide Squad. And I'm yeah. so excited. The voice well, by Sylvester Stallone. And, and the rap, like to, to roll this into my last big point about the Justice League movie, the women mm. in DC. I have always argued and I've gotten into like fierce arguments. You have that to remove X-Men, but yes. If you remove X-Men, DC has better women. They've always had better women. They've always put their women more front and center and into important roles than Marvel ever did. And I will fight people on it. No, I will say traditionally, I will say that is starting to change. It because is. they they got... Because they started making movies. Well, they got Casada the fuck out of there. But yeah, there's... <laughs> but man, what they do to women in the Snyder Cut. Yeah, Bendis and Casada and, and, and those editors for Marvel. Um, you know, even going back to Lee. I mean, I'm just saying. Jim you know? Lee? No, Stanley. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, DC. The other right, yeah. right. Um, Gilly's done we both. Have, we have not been great on uh, minorities or on uh, or on on women. And if you go to OG, even X Men, yep. Jean Grey was the girl. Oh she yeah, was cooking, baking cookies and shit. In the meantime, you already had Lois Lane while still doing Silver Age nonsense. Oh, I gotta marry Superman. She still got to do cool shit. Right. Supergirl already existed and was doing shit on her own by the time X-Men was created. Right. No, I, I completely you, agree. You did have... Power Girl existed. And you had Wonder Woman. You did have yeah. Storm, but... But you Storm know, came later. Yeah, came later. Storm's yeah. an 80s product. Yep, sure was. So, to go to Lois Lane. Yeah, in I this have a movie. Lot, I have a lot of hard feelings about... Tie in Lois and Martha, too. Yes. Yeah. So That was really confusing! It, okay. It's really, it's emotionally confusing because I was very excited, but also very angry at the same time. So, calm down, Siri. <laughs> 
also, I was so confused in that scene. Lois Lane is not up to herself, right? Superman died, and they find her working at the at the planet, but she's not doing her normal shit. She's, she's like doing fluff, fluff pieces. She's doing fluff yeah. pieces, and then Ma Kent comes to give her basically the like, oh, this is really hard speech mm. because they're the only two people who get it. Because the only two people who can talk about it. She already considers Lois a daughter. daughter right. Yeah. Yep. It's also the only good yeah. Kent stuff we've gotten because I have very strong feelings about what Zack Snyder did to the Kents. Yeah. We'll get into those when we do the Superman episodes. <laughs> so... In the Snyder Cut, she's not at the Daily Planet when Ma Kent comes In fact, she hasn't gone to work at all. Yeah, that's my point. She hasn't gone to work since Superman died. And also, her apartment, completely black, except for the dreary, rainy day light coming in. You have taken Lois Lane. Lois Lane, who in other medias, in other Elseworlds even, where in the world goes shit, in Flashpoint, is wandering around by herself as an investigative journalist trying to, like, running an underground against the bad guys. Like, Lois Lane never sits back. She never is not involved and not doing something. And you have made it so that all she does every day is get up, buy coffee, and then stare at Superman's memorial, sad for a couple hours, and then goes home. Yep. You yeah. have undermined Lois Lane. And, and then... Can I make it a bloody bell, though? Martha shows up, and they have this talk about how they're the only people who understand, and basically they're, like, getting Lois Lane off the bench of her own sadness and depression, which she should never be in because she's Lois Lane and she's better than this. And it She's been through a lot worse situations right. than yeah. just yes. Love right, but if anybody, if, if for some reason Lois is somehow going to be in this situation, Ma Kent is the perfect person to come and a well written Ma Kent is the perfect person to do yes. it. Yes, Zack Snyder's never been able to do a good Kent, but and then. then then and Ma then... Kent walks out, and it's the only time you really see her in the movie until Superman comes back from the dead, and then transforms into Jean Jones. And you're like, what the fuck does that yes. mean? And like, as a DC nerd, I was so torn, because on the one hand, Jean, yeah. I love Jean. Yes, we finally I get to see Martian Manhunter. And that actor has been in every Zack Snyder movie, right. playing yes. the same dude. Yep. So he's been there the whole time, which is very Jean. And the, the speech that Jean as Martha gave Lois is a very Jean speech. It very much the kind of thing that he would say, it's all heart and, and, and feeling and beautiful. And I wouldn't be mad about it, except that mm. it undermines Ma Kent. Now, yeah. I have an additional problem with that. And that is when Superman is actually back and then flies his ass back to Kansas, you know, grabs Lois, flies back to Kansas, we're on the farm that's sold, oh, you called mom, now mom shows up, they don't talk about, there's no interaction between them, really, between Lois and Martha, but... In the back of my head, I'm like, are, is Lois going to talk about how Martha showed up at her apartment? And Martha going to go, I was never at your apartment. Really? Like, thanks for the pep talk, Martha. What are you talking about? Yeah, what are yeah. you talking about? Like, But in the, in the Wheaton version, Ma Kent shows up to the Daily Planet. Yes, to her yeah. office. And they have a conversation where she's just like, oh, I'm working, we whatever, that's the fluff piece. Were... But that solves that problem. Yes. Right. And, yeah. Well, and also, it's not you called her. It's that Martha happened to show up. Yeah. Like in, oh, in, in, in the, the Whedon yeah, that's right. cut. In the Whedon one, it was you called mom. I forgot. No, no, no. In the Snyder cut, it's you called mom. In the Whedon cut, just, no, Martha just, just happened to show no, up I'm at the sure farm. That, I, no, no. I could have swore in the Whedon cut he said you called mom, too, because he heard no, the truck. No, no, no. It didn't make any sense. No. Uh, she just shows up. They had a much bigger talk in the Snyder cut. Like, that whole bit where they're watering in the empty farmhouse and having a conversation, that doesn't happen in the Whedon cut. Right. And it was very nice. 
nice and I yeah. liked it. That was a bit that I thought was good right. because otherwise you're just standing in the The you called field. mom line actually happened out in the cornfield. Mm, right, but it, yes. it can't in the Whedon cut because it is Superman's resurrected, shows up at the memorial, big guns, Lois walks out, Superman grabs Lois, flies off, goes to the farm. And they're in the field. And they're field in the field. Talking. There is no yeah, opportunity not, to call there's no, anyone. Yeah, really good Lois could call. And, and that's not part of the Whedon yeah. one. Yeah. I will take your word for it, though I don't believe you, and I'm going to now have Enjoy to your new viewing again. So my, I'm not going to watch the fucking Snyder cut again. That's... So my problem is, what Zack Snyder does to the women of DC in this movie. So, <laughs> Lois goes from not be obviously not thriving, but she's still existing. She's still getting up every day and trying to live a life. She goes right. to work. Yeah. She's still she dives Lois, into though. work. Right. Yeah. And it's yeah, fluff pieces because she knows she won't do justice to the investigative reporting that she used to. But she's still getting out of bed. Yeah. Right. She's still, still being trying. Lois yeah. because the other reporter comes in and says like, tell me about your source. And they yeah. have that whole thing as well. She's oh, so it's a she. And he then he leaves. walks out. It's not a she. It's not a she. Right. So That's we know still it's still Lois. Lois Lane being Lois Lane. Right. In the Snyder Cut, she doesn't get that. She doesn't get to be herself. And then in the Whedon Cut, like I talked about before, Batman contacts her, puts her into position so that he can use her if he needs to after they bring Superman back. Which, while we don't get to see it, indicates a conversation. Yes. That they sat down and they went, I'm going to try and bring Clark back. Do you want to do this? Do you want to be here for this? And she's Can you like, help me? Yeah. Can you help me? And she says, yes. She yeah. takes that. She makes the decision yes. to be present. Yes. She makes the decision to try. She, she has agency. agency. And yeah. in the Snyder Cut, she's just there. She's, she's giving a around. to cops and giving chains to, to homeless people. She's and feeling sorry for herself. <sighs> yes. Like all she does is mope around between her apartment and the, the memorial, memorial site. And, home. Yeah. and that's all yeah. she does all day. Yeah. So in the rain. And then you undermine Mockhead by basically not having her give the same speech she did in the Whedon Cut by having mm -hmm. her just be there and be like, oh, my son's alive. Yay, and then go on. Yeah. And they kind of undermine Diana a yes. lot. Not just by how they ruined her music, but yeah, I mean, not. The one thing that I will give, uh, not the Snyder Cut, the, the Whedon Cut, when it comes to Diana, and man, this hit me like a ton of bricks yesterday because I watched it before. Um, Bruce, at one point, Diana is talking about, uh, because they actually have an argument about bringing Clark back. Yes. In the Whedon verse, yes. which yeah. is yep. good. You should. This should have... be a moral discussion. Yes. Right. Absolutely. And Bruce to Diana's face says, tell that to Steve Trevor. Yeah. And Diana yeah. puts him into a wall. And it's great. And yeah. it breaks a couple of his ribs and he talks about how he's hurt. It's a but, realistic response. Right. And that is something that I have wanted. That did more than 1984 did. In my mind. Yes. You know what I don't yes. like is the fact that I'm going to have to come back to both of these versions of this movie when we talk about Superman so I can talk about how much I hated this version of how Superman died. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yes, and but it again, agency, 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 background in the Whedon cut, like that line, which Bruce, by the way, later apologizes for. Well, and that's the impetus which of the conversation weird. about how he's trying to fake her into taking leadership. Because yes. I don't think Whedon wrote a very good Batman. No. The problem is, is that when it comes to Diana specifically and the sexism in these movies, is that you have to pick your pick your poison pick your po of yeah, sexism. Do you want her to be Whedon branded strong independent? But you, but she has to be 
be sexy and you have to have tons of fan service and, and, fan and, yeah. service, um, and kind of undermine Bruce Wayne as a person or do you have to have vastly more tasteful shots but vastly more sexist writing Can which do you like Smith? uh no because then they're all going to be smoking bongs and, uh... <laughs> that's not necessarily use the bad bong I, mean, I don't know. You're. He did I write, have to say he did write a movie about the Rapture. Come on. I. But I. He also, also wrote Daredevil. That he also knows how to direct uh, Ben Affleck. Well, yeah. that. that yeah. is, well, that is Daredevil. true. Oh, can we give? No. Can we? No, can we give Kevin Smith another seventy million dollars to get the Smith cut? Yes. <laughs> Only after the Espen cut. <laughs> I want the Esmond cut first. I'll give I'll give yeah. you seventy dollars for the Esmond cut. On this on this <laughs> episode, on this episode when we release it, we will have hashtag release the Esmond. Oh yes. no! <laughs> yes. yes, 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 everyone. Yes. I can give you her email. You will not. <laughs> would you like? Would you like to text her? No. <laughs> that's, almost, that's almost akin to doxing. Yeah, not that's, that's that. I, I'm not gonna actually do it. I, wow, I just got doxed for like, or just got jumped for like not for sir, joking about sir, doxing. I have spent three episodes of this show shit talking Zack Snyder. <laughs> I do not need Snyder Bros to know how to find me. That's fair. That's very we are at graphically novel, bitches. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You come, come at me, bro. You come at someone. You come at me and Jen, because me and Jen will fight back. I don't need that in my life. Why, yeah, I oughta. <laughs> Jen's going to be in a backpack with a sniper rifle on my back, and that's how Whoa, this is going like, to work. like Rocket Raccoon. I was about to say, are you Groot in this? <laughs> I just see Jen. Oh, yeah. But, hey, 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 I'm going to need that guy's arm. We can do that. Twist of having Martian Manhunter show up is really hard for me because while I am incredibly angry about what it did to Ma Kent, I'm so excited to see Martian Manhunter. And his second scene was so Jean. It was good. I'm it gonna show sick. up and talk to Bruce Wayne because I absolutely know who Bruce Wayne is. I'm Martian Manhunter. I read all your fucking minds. Yeah. And I'm going to offer to help in whatever way I can. Like it was such a good Jean moment. I liked that. And but I, I felt like the way that it was that that, that character was introduced into the movie was such a it was such a bad choice. Yes. I, I, yeah. I like, because you were just like, why the fuck is he here? What's going on? Well, also, you have a passing, because of this show, a passing familiarity with Martian Manhunter. Yes. Had you just been somebody going to the theater that is like actually me? even Three been following ago? the DC <laughs> movies, you'd be like, what the fuck? Who the fuck is this guy? Who the fuck also, are you? Right? Here's, is, here's uh, the part I, that really, here's the part that really got me about this. Good. For spoilers for Supergirl. So be prepared to like fast forward if you want to watch Supergirl unspoiled. Three, two. Supergirl did such a better job of surprising you with Martian Manhunter. I jumped out of my couch and screamed watching Supergirl when Martian Manhunter showed up because I had the not Supergirl a- The show? Yes, the Supergirl show. I had not a fucking clue that that was going to be Jean. And when he did, I was like, oh, this makes everything make sense. I haven't watched that far. Uh, well, yeah, because cool, they, is, but, okay. oh, it's okay. they, they, they misled they misled that one a lot. Um because they, they who he who he said he was. You're like, wait a minute. How is he yeah. okay? Um I think they did such a better job with that. Today. 
But my my thing with my thing with with uh, John showing up at Bruce's house was like, okay, one, Bruce didn't notice this guy coming. Two, Bruce seems really fucking casual about the fact that he showed up. Like, <laughs> right? The guy who's like, I have kryptonite. I have kryptonite in my pocket. You know, I was like, why is there not a bat grenade like just like, ready? Right? Like, why didn't he have like one hand behind his back with like a fucking you know bat grenade? Yeah. Well, yeah, something like, who the fuck are you? He doesn't know anything about Martian Manhunter, so he doesn't know what his kryptonite is, which has got to be right. That's, for a person like that's true, but at least something to be like, I'm prepared for this. But also, like, no offense, John, but it's hard to be like, hi, I'm here to help you. I would like to do what I can. They call me the Martian Manhunter. Right. And you showed up <laughs> to Batman, which is why I think the Snyder Cut fucked Batman all up more than anything else. I don't. I, I think he did more harm than good to Batman because that whole interaction should have shown Bruce with a lot more stress. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. and there's, there probably should have been some countermeasures. There probably should me. have been some explosions. And How then he, he finds know? out that Jean is, is susceptible to fire. You know, it, like, he's not even, that, not even gone that far. Just the, okay, because there was an alarm or something that triggered, I think, when he when he woke up. Why was he not, like, Batmaning his ass from, like, doorframe to doorframe? And what the fuck is that? And I want to get a look at it, like, while it's coming in so he can't see me. Like, grab my weapons. None of that. That was just, like, that was my drunk ass waking up on Saturday morning going, uh, hey, this is cool. Who are you? Right. Yeah. You know, that, that was literally me. I'm just like, that. no, this is not right. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's just, it's frustrating. I, I They really undermined a lot of, of Bruce in this. Barry, do you have a lot of weird mornings where you wake up with aliens at your house? Right. <laughs> I the the way you said it, it sounds like this happens. I, I played the fifth. Okay. No, it was usually just a throwback to like my 20s and 30s where I walk out, you know, into my living room, you know, on a on a Saturday morning after a party on Friday night and being like, who, who are all of you people? Yeah. Well, that's are these cool. people on my couch? Do you need breakfast? Because I'm mm-hmm. going to make breakfast. Otherwise, like, are you going to go soon? Like, that's kind of what that whole scene felt like to me. Yeah, it was yeah. just... And he's just about the fact he figured out who Cyborg is, even though Cyborg had control of computers. Because he was able to send Diana to go looking for him. He knew that Barry Allen exists, even though Barry Allen left one tiny piece Plus of Plus that, that thing, that, that scene that really bothered me with Vic was that in the Whedon cut, you get more of what I expect from somebody who has nigh on complete control over the internet, which is I'm a human sitting in front of a computer screen, my screen blanks out, and then suddenly I just have text where Vic is talking to me, as opposed to the Snyder cut, where you get Diana sitting at the screen, and suddenly the screen goes fucking wonky. Oh my god. And you get this, like, almost like it was the Joker on the other side of the screen going, meet me here. And I'm just like, no. Anybody that's got any kind of control over the internet is not that fucking... Right. Crude. Yeah, it's kind of like he bent the UI, like he bent the user interface on her on her machine to right. just be like, "Look, it's whimsical," and I'm like, "And and and also aggressive." I'm like, yeah, because if I'm say, cyborg, I don't care what kind of computer security Batman has set up. I have surpassed it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I am a computer. Conversation, and it was a lot more. It was. It was yes, very. It was, why are you looking at me? Hey, listen. Why, why should I trust why should you? I trust is brought up. Yes. 
why should I trust you? And Diana says, listen, if I, what was, what was the line? If I, if I wanted to hurt if you, I, I would have attacked, if I, I wanted to attack it, you, yeah, I would have done, done it, it in at the park. lake. Yeah, in the lake. Which yeah. that whole lake scene doesn't take place in the Snyder Cup. Right. The conversation, a, a different conversation happens elsewhere. And Cyborg isn't there. But again, that gives depth to Cyborg. It gives depth to Diana. Yes. And it costs It gives you, agency to Diana again. And it costs you nothing. Right. It mm-hmm. costs the audience. Audience, nothing, and it mm-hmm. and it didn't assume that your audience was stupid. Also right. true. It made your audience have to read. Yeah. But it, to read the conversation, and he thinks his audience is stupid. Well, and it also gave you more reason for him to for Victor to actually join the team because right. if he's monitoring Batman and Diana, if he's watching what's going on, he knows more than the the cyborg in the Snyder Cut does. Yes. Yep. I did prefer the way that they visualized him using his power. Snyder Cut. Oh yes. yes. That was yeah. that was brilliant with him still in the Letterman's jacket. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Right. Yeah. Ray Fisher has every reason to be pissed off at Joss Whedon. One thousand percent. The every one person. Reason. The one person that can say that the Snyder Cut was better and that everything that they said was justified is Ray Fisher. Yep. The, the only thing I wish they'd have done is kept in him saying "boo" like is yeah. It's end. honestly it's the whole third yeah. act, which we're going to go back to the Wonder Woman episode where I said that Wonder Woman was a great movie until the third act and when it got Zack Snyder in my in my Patty Jenkins. <laughs> and uh, that happened again in this. The third act of the, of the Justice League, of the Whedon Cut, had a lot of great things. It had Superman and Flash saving civilians. Yes. Being and making a Superman. contest out of I it. I can't. Yeah. I can't believe I forgot about this. It's also the talk between Bruce and Barry. Barry gets scared Mm -hmm. going up against Steppenwolf for the first time. And Bruce just tells him, go and save one person. person. Just one. He goes, what do I do after that? He goes, at that point, you'll know. Oh my God. It was such a great... And, and then, of course you can't have that in the Snyder Cut because it's a god yeah. denying their powers. Right. But I loved it in, in the theatrical cut because it was like Barry's like he saved the one guy and he's like, like, listen, I don't, like, I don't fight. I just kind of run real fast and occasionally push people. Right. Yeah. Well, and then he's like, he saved one person and then he's like, oh. And then he's like, boop, 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 boop. Well, yeah, and suddenly like there's everybody. like eight people right. standing yeah. there. And there's a lot. There's a lot of heart that I love about DC that yeah. we got. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. Troy, Troy will make fun of me when we went to go watch Justin in the theaters. Because I have gone to a lot of movies I don't enjoy because my husband likes terrible films. <laughs> <laughs> Including every Transformers movie. And then we oh, went man. to go watch Bumblebee. <sighs> And ignoring the fact that it is a heat-seeking missile for my personal trauma. Yes. I had to spend the first 10 minutes of Bumblebee during the Battle of Cybertron with my husband popping me on the shoulder going, Ooh, that's this Transformer. Ooh, that's this Transformer. Ooh, they did this one. No words, just he could see by the look which Transformer it was because he's a big nerd. We go to see Justice League and it starts and it opens and it's Superman getting interviewed by some kids on their cell phones for their podcast. Yeah. And they ask Superman a question. And he smiles. They said, they said what's, what's his, the best thing about... What's your favorite part about being on Earth? Yeah, about being on Earth. And he smiles and he turns his head. And I, from across town, like across my chest, I smack Troy. And I go, they got Superman right. Mm-hmm. Because we have had how many movies with Henry Cavill... And we never get to see Superman smile. Yeah. See, now that, that brings me back to when I went with you guys to see Aquaman in the theater. And I hadn't seen, I'd seen pretty much everything else. 
on streaming, right? I went to mm-hmm. see Aquaman in the theater, and I know nothing about Aquaman. I don't, I don't know a damn thing about Aquaman, but I'm like Jason Momoa. I love Game of Thrones, you know, the, the series that completely yeah. disappeared from the zeitgeist. Um, and also because I know that Jason Momoa is going to be in the new Dune movie. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just like, Jason Momoa, let's do this thing. And while I didn't think it was a good movie i uh, thought it was oh, a man. fun movie mm-hmm. like it had yes. its moments I, I thought willem dafoe phoned it in i don't know what was going on there but i thought he phoned it in here's a paycheck yeah you know and i thought like but it was it was really fun and when we got to the end we had to act three of the theatrical cut of justice league again this was fun it had heart it, it had so superman smiles at the beginning and already like he laughs at the end yeah, and he yeah. laughs at the end. That well, whole bit at the end. Right? When the when the when the mother boxes get split apart, you got cyborg and Superman working, a cyborg's yeah. gonna split them apart, and Superman's working gonna together. Right? Yeah, they're working together, they're kinda messing with each other, and then they're laying there after it blows up, and he's like, Oh, that made my toes hurt. And I don't, I don't even have, have toes. toes. And Superman's like, no, 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 I still wish I was dead. You know, <laughs> like it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was a very human moment. Yes. Yes. Because Zack Snyder wants to treat Superman like he's a god, but Superman tr- just wants to be a human. He wants to treat every superhero like, like they're, they're a god. god. Yeah. There are there's god worship and then there's, you know, comic book. Can I flash back to the beginning of this episode where I talked about like I haven't seen this much god worship since a Mel Gibson movie? Right. No, it is it very much is that. In Batman but- Beyond. No, yes. There's a person who's in Bruce Wayne's head and messing with him and the reason he knows he's not going crazy is because the guy kept calling him Bruce and when they get through the end of the episode he's like, "How did you know?" He goes, "I don't call myself Bruce." In my own head. Superman doesn't call himself Cal. Superman doesn't call himself Superman. He calls himself Clark because Superman's human at his core. He is a person and that's what matters the most to him. Right. As opposed to Batman who is Batman at his core. He is his trauma. Yes. 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 But Zack Snyder never wants to show that. We don't get to see Clark. Right. Never. Even even in Man of Steel and stuff, when they show him being Clark Kent, he's uncomfortable in his own skin. He's not Clark. Well, it's also... The third act of the theatrical... Sorry, go ahead, Rob. When you go back to, like, the first Man of Steel movie, and you have this conversation between Pa Kent and and Superman, where he says to him... And he says to him... I'm ready for this. He's like, you shouldn't... He's like, maybe you shouldn't have saved that bus full of children. He's like, maybe you shouldn't have done that. He's like, because you have to keep this... That wasn't... That wasn't... Jonathan Kent. Oh, no, no. Well, the character character should have been. Yeah. No, no, Pa Kent would ever say that. Right. No, Pa Kent would ever say that. He also has this weird thing where he says, I took a piece to the ship that we found when you were born and had it analyzed. But at the same time, he's telling telling him, You need to keep this secret. You can't do this. You can't go be a superhero. You can't go help people. He's like, By the way, I I totally took a. I took a totally alien piece, your your alien technology, and showed it to a scientist who said it wasn't from this planet. And I'm like, you want bright burn because this is how you get bright burn. <laughs> <laughs> bright burn was. Shit. This is how you get bright burn. And um, but but like you know, and that's Snyder all the way through. Like when when he's fighting Zod and he doesn't he doesn't go he doesn't seek distance away from human beings and say and put people in safety. He 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 fights him in the middle of Metropolis. You're like, get out, get out of town, yeah, get out Superman of town. You're getting out of town. Yeah. He's like, I gotta take him. If he wants to fight me, he's gotta come out to the middle of nowhere. And I'll fight you. I will fight you, I will fight fight you on the moon. 
Right. Yeah. But yeah, they and, would though. They bring them to space because they can both fly or they take to a cornfield. Like the whole premise of Batman v Superman is Batman or Superman killed a bunch of people fighting Zod and it never made any fucking sense because he would never do that. Yeah. I have not ever. With Zack Snyder. But yeah. the third and, act of Justice League really hammers that home. Because yep. in the third act of the theatrical cut, it's got, you know, some stress and stuff, but it, for the most part, it's fun. And obviously, yes. it doesn't help with my argument that Superman isn't boring. It absolutely is like, there's not a lot of stress once Superman shows up because you kind of know he can handle it. But, but he does not. I mean, he he's relying on the team. Yeah. Because he cannot be, like, as fast as he is, as strong as he is, whatever he can do, he cannot be everywhere at once yeah. and he needs yeah. everyone on that team to help him and that's yeah. why I like the theatrical cut because when it came to that denouement in the, in the end of the movie where you know everyone's doing what they're supposed to be doing and it's a well-oiled machine you know there are still moments of humanity there are still moments of humor there are still moments of Diana of kicking humor. ass like she should be exactly I would prefer if they had kept the bit in the Snyder cut where Diana cuts Steppenwolf's head off instead of feeding into his parody uh, yes that part that part was better that's another better part and yeah. there should have been an argument about it because superman and batman both should have been like we don't kill people yeah and diana's um, like bitches and yeah. diana's like i'm a, a fucking warrior we, we, we've had that conversation before like out of everybody diana needs to be on the team because diana will fucking kill people if they have to if die she needs to as a yeah. last um, resort yes, if yeah. they have to die Whereas the rest of them won't. Yeah. Superman right. won't kill because he doesn't have to have them kill. Like he can just literally like pin them down until nothing right. happens. I will say that if there's been one thing that. that is the progression of On five their seasons of this show, <laughs> I hope you realize I understand Diana now. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> um let me say let me say this. One of the things I did like about the Snyder Cut, and this is my personal fan service. We saw a Green Lantern for more than five seconds. Yes. We did. He then got murdered. Now, granted, <laughs> he went out. He went out dirty, like a like bitch. A bitch. Right. I was like, okay, but but then it gets into this fundamental problem that I have with, with Snyder's view and the way that they write this too. I'm like, there are 3,600 of them. And a new one is selected every time one of them dies. Where is the lantern? Right. They where don't have where a is 2814? have a lantern? Where is Abin Sor? Where is Hal Jordan? Where is Jon Stewart? Where is Kyle Rayner? Where is Guy Gardner? Where Where's is Jessica Cruz? Where's Jessica Cruz? Where's where's a oh, million? Yeah, I was about to say you're gonna you're gonna keep him going because he can name yeah. all of them. Mm. Well, but I, I don't also... care if the sentient fucking equation showed up. So <laughs> one of them is, should. My question is: Was it? I think it was. Uh, I'm getting confused now. So please correct yeah. me. Was it the Schneider cut where the Green Lantern is killed and then that Dark Side almost gets the ring? Yes. Yeah. Because yes. That, so the Green the Green uh, Lantern is not in the waiting cut at all. Yeah. He is. Well, no, he is just flying around. And then you they showed him dead. The Green guy. Because DC's still terrified of Green Lantern. Because, well, so, all right. And I was, we were talking about this on the Green Lantern episode. And I feel like, okay, if you didn't want to use him in the movie, that's fine. But if there is this huge thing to me to just say, just explain to me why one of them didn't show up. Because I guarantee you the Guardians would be like, new gods are on Earth. We hit a bunch of our shit there. Go do it. <laughs> 
Oh, no. and if you don't think that the Guardians of Oa know about the mother boxes, well, oh, they but do. no, but please, I, I really am curious. My question still stands. So Darkseid reached for that ring. Isn't the whole mm -hmm. idea is the ring goes to someone who's worthy? Yeah, because it's just Unless there you're for a second. Enough to just like stop and grab here, it, apparently. So yeah, the idea is that Darkseid is very, very powerful. And he could just be like, mine now. Because it's the golden yeah, snitch. And if you would have caught it, the game would have been over. No, that's three points. To Hold on. So, first of all, first of all, here's the thing: the way that it <laughs> should you, work, it is hundred points to Gryffindor. <laughs> the way that it should work thematically is if if it tried, if he tried to grab it and it doesn't belong to him, the thing has countermeasures. It yeah. it protects itself. And literally, if Darkseid is so powerful and so strong, he'd hold on to it and it'd be like, well, I guess you're leaving this battle because I'm dragging you off the fucking planet. Yep. And there, though, like, that's the movie I want to see. Right. <laughs> I'm down for this. Darkseid. <laughs> Dragged by a ring. Lantern loses their ring can be really scary. That's how they. Oh, pretty. Listen, Let me have that ring. No, bitch, you're going there, to another There's a planet. big green flash, and then something you know, big and green, hauls something bodily out of the scene. I'm, I'm down with this in all in all of its forms. Cat, what that, were you saying? Oh, just in injustice, they they kill Kyle Rayner in a horrifying nightmare way. Yeah, they sure do. They take his ring off when he's in space. <laughs> Oh shit! Um, I mean, how Jordan? Nightmare. How Jordan did that to like twenty of his friends in like five minutes? Uh, so, oh, parallax. Yeah. Oh yes. All right. So we are we are definitely running uh, late on time. So for the first time, I will mention the three comic books we read. For this. Oh shit! The three guys. Yeah. Oh, oh damn! Yeah. Remember, we were supposed to talk about comic. That's why I'm like tapping my wrist and looking at yeah. Josh and going. We still have to talk about comics. Remember do you remember thing? what our I show is about? Like an hour ago when I said, hey, we're going to do this. And you're like, no, we're going to keep talking about this. So the right. three that were recommended by our DC uh, friends, uh, the first one was JLA Tower of Babel, which is actually uh, four issues. Very easy read. Uh, awesome Batman story. Awesome Batman story. And actually, although Batman doesn't really take a huge part in it for the most part. The, right. All of the other characters are really more in the forefront because of well, the plot. Yeah. So mm -hmm. the uh, the second one, I went to uh, limited edition comics in Cedar Falls, Iowa. Shameless plug for our friend. Who is uh, our our unofficial official dealer. sponsor. Uh, yes, our dealer. dealer. And I went in and uh, what had been recommended was the original Justice League run for New 52, Ooh, um, which he didn't have. Because new fifty two stuff for some reason a lot of it unless you're gonna buy the gigantic you don't want the omnibus no I do not want the omnibus <laughs> what he Thanks, recommended Dad. instead was the Scott Scott Snyder run um that started in two thousand eight was that totality Fair enough. totality um so uh totality was the second one and then identity crisis which was the animus. Right. Yes, that was the one that everyone said, pick this one up. Uh, Identity Crisis was the first book also that years and years and years ago in our sordid history between Kat and I, when I said, okay, give me a book that's your first swing for DC. And she handed me her copy of this, and I think I had it for like 10 years. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got it back. I was really excited. Well, yeah. <laughs> just entertaining because the copy that you have now is the 10th anniversary edition. So yes. How long did you have that for? Ooh, 10 years. <laughs> There you go. I had it for a long time. Um, so Identity Crisis was the third one. Um, not all of us read every one of them. Uh, of tried. the three. 
I tried real hard. Um, but I'm gonna go around and just idea. say <laughs> Jen's just like, not me. <laughs> what was your favorite and why would you recommend it? Um, so Roger, out of those three, I know you at least uh you, you are aware of them. I read out, of them those, all. out of those three, which one would you recommend? Um for me, I think the most for me, I'm I'm gonna say identity crisis. And the reason I say it is it because it's because the it's the most humanizing story I think that DC Comics has ever told as a whole. I'm not saying that it was done perfectly. Uh, I have some huge issues with the way that certain things were handled, but at the same there's time... There's a lot like, of fridging. Right. There's a lot of fridging, and... It's, it's kind of meta in this case. I believe that fridging is intrinsic to how the story has to go. It is, right. It has... It has to go this way, and the, the point of it is to remind them, uh, to remind us, the readers, that like, hey, these are, you know, in some cases, these are walking gods on our planet, but at the end of the day, they're people who have families and friends and people they care about. And that means more to them than the mass. And that is huge for like, you know, for every one of them to just be like, I need to just take a day off and be with my people. And for them to to be worried about that is is a beautiful thing. And it makes them all human, even the Cryptozo. Yep. Cat? Identity crisis. The same reasons? Or? Basically the same reasons. I also think that it shows the Justice League. It's not a Batman story that the Justice League has to figure out. It's not a Superman thing that the Justice League has to figure out. Yeah. And it, it yeah. honestly, may, some of the main figures are not even in most people's idea of what the Justice League is, or even in these Justice League movies. You get Zana, you get. I think it does a really good job Ollie. of showcasing some really Ollie. great Ollie moments. Great too. Ollie moments. Yeah. Well, in very definitive Ollie, I'm going to stand for this because right thing moments right. that is intrinsic to Oliver is as a character. Not that right. we ever even see that in CW. Right. Well, and, and, <laughs> and not to give too much away, it's like one panel, but there is a moment in Identity Crisis where Hawkman sees that flashes. Is like vibrating himself, and it's not Barry. It's is it's it Wally. 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 Barry's dead. Um, at that point. Right, and and so he sees him, and he's he like calls him out, and he stops. He's like, oh yeah, I guess you saw me. And Ollie immediately goes, and you too, Kyle. And Kyle like comes out and is like, how did you know? And Ollie's like, I didn't. That was a bluff. And it's <laughs> such an Ollie Oliver Queen moment. Um, yes that I would I would go back and further say that they captured in the first couple seasons of Arrow. Yeah. Like that was that was what hooked me in. That, kind that of like, Oliver Queen. Yes. But um I recommend it not just because I have always recommended it. I think that it's got some good murder mystery bits that always hook me. Um and all the reasons that Roger said about humanizing them, but also because it isn't the big re center. I mean, right. it's the Justice League and the, the idea that the Justice League isn't just Superman one. It's not the Trinity. It's, it's, it's so many. It's and it's not just and it's not just the seven. It's not just the standard seven. No, it goes. It it's, goes into Je Justice League International and the reserve. It's, it's Ralph and it's Ray and it's Ollie and it's Kyle oh, and wow. it's Wally and it like you know it's it's just really good. Yeah. Jen? Um. Well, I didn't read JLA. That's Tower of Babel. No. Yeah. Oh wait. Totality. You didn't read Totality. Totality. I didn't yeah. read. It. Right. Um. I have, but I would have to say I wasn't a fan of Tower of Babel. It was. I did like. Um, Identity crisis. Or Identity crisis. Identity crisis. Identity crisis. Identity crisis. is very, very different. different. I liked it. Crisis season. And mainly for the for many of the same reasons. 
season. You know, that it, it that it taught it's really involving other characters. It's not the big one. You're also a murder mystery. Yes. Buff. Yes, I am. And from the beginning it <laughs> yeah. was who done it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Tower of Babel was just I don't know. It just I couldn't it wasn't it wasn't terrible. I just it just didn't I would also say if anybody wants to watch an animated version of Tower of Babel, they can basically go check out the animated movie called Doom. Yep. Oh, okay. Superman Doom or yeah. The Justice League Doom. Yeah, Justice League Doom. All of the animated Justice League Superman Batman movies have been so good, except for like uh Batman Ninja was dog shit and Batman Gotham by Gaslight uh angered me. Yeah, yeah Gotham by <laughs> Gaslight was actually really good. No. But Batman Ninja, I'll agree with Kat, was total garbage. Uh, Killing Joke, the oh. animated. Uh, I haven't actually Ooh. seen that, and after you guys' recommendations, I'm probably not gonna. I mean, <sighs> it holds the story, it just adds some things that are questionable. It's the yeah, only thing that Mark I did not. Okay, me? I did not like that at but all. But you liked the book. Yes. Oh, okay. God. I... Yeah. Okay. The book, the book was the, the, the book was the only reason that Mark Hamill would come back to do the, to do the animated. That was the only reason he, he said it was the only way he would ever come and play Joker again. Right. And then oh. they, they, yeah, made that animated was it's what they rough it's rough so anyway bear sorry uh i'm actually taking uh you know divergent from everybody else uh i really enjoyed tower of battle um Mm -hmm. and honestly because i think from somebody that has not a is not a big comic book guy i've got a little bit of comic background but mainly you know the movie movie guy out of the group like this was the most approachable for me it had the most familiar characters and we've got a a comic that is ostensibly a about entirely about Batman, where Batman is not the main character. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I think well for people who are not who are not like huge comic book buffs and just looking for the next comic book to go after, if you're if you're just the person that's been watching the stuff on TV, you know, streaming movies, whatever, and you want to go after something, I like Tower of Babel because mm-hmm. these are the only the only really kind of new character that you're getting introduced to is Plastic Man. Uh, yeah, you're getting Plastic Man and you're getting Martian Manhunter. Okay. Um, those are really the only two. Or as, or as I explained to Jen, Silly Putty Man <laughs> is kind of what Plastic Man yeah, is. You know, yeah, you're just playing into my... I know. You're you like, do... oh, you it's stretch another Ar- Stretch Armstrong. Right. Oh, but he has, hey, John. he has such a good Plastic Man run. Oh. Hey, John. Oh, he has such a good Plastic yeah. Man run. There's actually one story where literally they captured Plastic Man in an egg. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Anyways, yes. moving, so, moving on from so, there. So for me, I'm actually going to agree with Bear. Tower of Babel was um, something that I'd always heard about. I never actually sat down and read the art. And I love it for several reasons. Um, and I think it might be my... Can you can you give any of those reasons without spoilers is the question. Yes. Um, I think that one of the things that I personally love is when you take a character's strength and turn it into a team's weakness. And mm-hmm. Tower of Babel does yes. that extremely yes. well yeah. with laser precision. Something that you absolutely adore about a, about a single character is a team's downfall. Yes, it yeah. makes makes them right. in a certain light the weakest link. Yes, absolutely. And the person that does it to them is their own villain. And you exactly. do it again. Somebody, somebody that knows them, somebody that has a very deep history with them. Um, and it really okay, so in wrestling, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> jump over. In wrestling, we've started to watch By AEW. By the way, watch the AEW. Yes. <laughs> in AEW, which is the newer, newer promotion, um every match elevates 
every person that is that is in the match whether it's the bad guy the good guy whatever by the end of the match you're like oh my god both of those people were great traditional wrestling is big guy gets in ring with little guy big guy smashes little guy in like 30 seconds big show smash right right and walks away and now one guy looks strong the other guy looks weak as hell Tower of Babel for both the heroes, all of the heroes, and the villains makes everyone look golden. It and makes everyone look threatening, strong. And nobody right. comes and away. You get to the end of it, and then you have a weird moment of both um, reconciliation and rejection. Yes. Yep. Everyone comes away and it's winning not the way and you'd losing. Expect any of it to happen. Yes. Everyone wins. Everyone loses. That's what I look for in my comic Which books. Is which is why I said, out of all of them, that's the one I appreciated most. It's the most approachable for people that are not comic book nerds. Uh, personally, for me, uh, of the rest of them, I, like totality is number two, but only because it's got a great build up with a shitty payoff. It's like it's like a ruined orgasm. I'm sorry. It's you, you got going, you got going, you got going, and then at the end of it, it's just like listen, we all need to deal with the evil inside us. I, I think the whole end of the plot in totality was done better in um, uh, uh, the Star Wars, um, Clone Wars, where Yoda goes off to the, the Force place. Like, he does a better fight with it. You need to watch this. You're shaking your head like you don't know what this is, Josh. I have not watched all the Clone Wars. You need Wars. to no, watch all, all Clone, Clone Wars. Wars. I know, to, I've started it. to the end of the Clone Wars where Yoda goes off and has a battle with his evil self, and that's the end of Totality, and Yoda did it better. Comics did not kick off Star Wars. I have two fucking shows now, people. Anyways. I have eight pages of notes on one more day. I don't care about what you say. I've been in grad school this whole time and I've watched all of the Clone Wars. <laughs> That's why I love you, Jen. I don't care. And it was before grad school. Back to time management, Jen. Powell. Anyways, and and the Thank reason you, why I, is since everybody else loved it, like and I'm going to tell you the reason why I didn't like Identity Crisis is is after I am fully awake, I've had an energy drink, I am fully conscious. I'm on a weekend where I don't have anything else to do and I got two issues into the seven issue run of Identity Crisis and could not keep my fucking eyes open. I'm sorry. I just got overwhelmed. Whoa. I got overwhelmed by the amount of new characters coming in, all of these new names that I had to learn, powers that I had to pick up. I was just like, it, it was it was too much thrown at me and I just, that and on top of the fact that um, about every two to three pages, it was like four hours from now, one hour from now. It, it's like, I've got six different timelines I'm trying to keep track of that are all counting down to something and I don't know what the hell it is like <sighs> this was not approachable for me that's I, fair I, I think I, I think I think you're right I think that you have to be invested in those characters to enjoy it as much as we did yeah if, if I had if I had just a little bit more if I had something like if I if I had maybe just read you, you may know, have to know who the fuck Ralph did like that that has to you really have to you you tell me Jen knew who Ralph Dickey was no. before she opened that no <laughs> I, Some people. I, I think Does it help? Because then it makes you sad because you love Ralph Diggy? Because how well, can you not? Because he's just a sweetheart. Circumstance when you're I also, I also got a little bit of the whole, much like Snyder, where I'm going to beat you overhead with every little detail, where they started off telling me, yes, a minor character is going to die. And like somewhere in the narration, the narration was killing it. Like the narration is yeah. telling me what's going to happen. So I, I'm less invested now that Ralph Digby's wife died because they told me that somebody's wife was going to die. And Ralph Digby is the, the biggest character. He's 10 years old. It's fine. Yeah, you can't really spoil it. No, no, no. It's the very beginning impetus of what, what yeah. happens. 
But yes. That happens in the yes. first issue. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like, it's not a huge But spoiler, that's the but... thing. We were actually, actually very recently, we watched the director's, like the whatever director's cut of the Blade Runner. final cut? Final cut. Final cut. Okay, of, so... of Blade Runner. And so, but... they took out all that bullshit so... voiceover narration at the, be- at, like throughout the movie. It was better. It's the only version of Blade Runner I've ever seen. Because every time I was like, oh, you've never seen it. You have to. No one could ever agree on which version I should watch. I'd be like, okay, cool. Which you one should I watch? And it would trigger an argument. And no, so when I think, 2049 I, came out, I was like, no, I, 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 I think you're right. The final, the final cut is probably, if someone is watching it for the first time, they should watch it. I am old. I saw the, the, old. the only version yeah. that was available for anyone <laughs> to see <laughs> until the director's cut was available. And that was like 10 years plus after the first it was version. Also three and a half hours. I know. I saw it in the theater. <laughs> and I loved it, but I love that movie. And it, it and it speaks to if you love a vehicle, watch it however you want to watch it. Like I everyone's like, no, this one's better, this one's better. And I'm like, but I love them all. <laughs> well, I have that, the same thing about just, Dune because yes. people people look at it and go, anything Brian Herbert wrote is garbage. And I'm just like, you don't love Dune if you don't love all of Dune. Yeah. I love gas station hot dogs, you know, like I will eat a gas station hot dog from any gas station. On the roller with the crispy ends. Right? On the roller. (laughs) Like, you can't tell me you love hot dogs if you don't love gas station hot dogs. I think that brings brings us full circle. Yes, Dune and hot dogs brought us back to Blade Runner. Justice League. Even bad DC, and there's a lot of bad I almost always have ended up liking it. As long as it hasn't been touched by Zack Snyder. <laughs> and that's why this has been really hard, because I have friends who are big DC fans, and usually it's us. It's like, the trailer for Suicide Squad drops, and I, I am that friend, and I'm like, oh my god, did you see Harley in that trailer? This is gonna be so good. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard, because I feel like I got left behind a little bit yeah. in the last few years, because I hated Man of Steel, and I hated Batman v Superman. And I enjoyed Justice League, and then I hated this kind of Justice League. And it's it's really frustrating because usually I want to be with the other underdogs. I want to be yeah. with my other DC guys being like, yeah, fuck them. It was still good. And it's so hard yeah. to mm-hmm. say you can't love DC if you don't love all of DC when I don't, Theoretical I don't question for you, Kat. If you had watched the Snyder Cut without the subtitles, would it have been better for you, do you think? No, it would not have changed the fact of what they did to Lois Lane. It wouldn't have changed what they did to Martha Kent. Yeah. It wouldn't have changed yeah. 90% of my problems. Just checking. That was just well, this thought that keeps sticking in my head for everybody. Not being... I also watch movies with subtitles, so... A a fan of DC. I am willing to be your underdog friend. (laughs) Well, to be fair, I'll be your friend, Kat. (laughs) (laughs) The things that that I've discovered through this show that I like about DC are the things that you have helped me see. Yeah. So you can IM me anytime. I'm happy. I was was about to say, Kat, you're you're not a fan necessarily of Marvel either. like That's you true. Got, you got no dog in no. any of these Wait, fights. I do not. If it ain't Sandman, you don't give a shit. Listen, hey, listen. Neil Gaiman. That's a DC. That's a DC product. No, Vertigo isn't DC. We've gone over this several <laughs> times. Also, you, they my, shunted them away. My author does not belong to your genre. <laughs> Listen, you know what I'm waiting for out of everything? Anything DC could possibly put out is because of Cat, I am waiting for a Power Girl movie. They'll never do it. I know that it's impossible to explain. I'm just saying, when that movie comes out, I'm there with you. I will be excited. I'll be like, show me why this is awesome. We almost got a Batgirl movie written by Joss Whedon, so that would have been terrible. Just saying, 
We might still get I mean, that. I would have empowered the shit out of her. It's well, just also the, sexualizing her, and just, I bet you'd have fucked Bruce. Yeah, yeah, and and the actress no, well, would have ended up like suing him. Yeah, but mm-hmm. the problem the problem with Wheaton is he. It's not that he yes sexualizes, but it's he sexualizes in a king. He wants women to oppress men. Yes, himself He's primarily. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, we primarily. So, we so, so he he wants to get pegged by Wonder Woman. But it's I said that and out loud. Problem is did. he projects that weird energy when he's directing, which is obvious because he complained about it. Yeah, you know, and it's like I don't have a problem with a director saying, you know, women should subjugate men if that's what the story needs to be. <laughs> that's fine. But Professor Marston is intrigued. But it's <laughs> <laughs> but when it's your weird king and you're making people do this for a movie that doesn't really call for it, that's where we have problems. Yeah. I don't know, but I think you can argue that for both Whedon and Snyder. Yes. And that's absolutely that's... He, said he just wants to be paid by all of them. He can't. He just can't. Can't please. But that's that's where we go back to from what, what uh Bear and Jen were both saying is if you like the Snyder cut, there's we're none of us are are here to say, Well, you're fucking wrong. Like these are all our opinions. There were right. good things about it. There yes. absolutely were yeah. good yes. things. If you are a Snyder fan, awesome. Good for you. I was extremely excited about Sucker Punch and then found out that Snyder's vision of things just is not for me. Well, I still I was don't know what the background is on Sucker Punch is. I I still I, I kind of enjoy the movie. Don't well, please don't spoil it. No. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't the background. It's 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 all right there in the movie and watching what. So when yeah, the movie like came 90s. out. I was excited to see it. Yeah. I was like, oh, this looks like it would be fun because, you know, spoilers, I think we've already talked about the fact that I, um, what's the, uh, uh, it's the, mm, the movies that are uh, about a video game. No, no, about a video game. Uh, Ready one. Miller, no, Miller. Oh, Resident, Resident Evil. Evil. Resident Evil. Okay. So I was a fan of Resident Evil and then Sucker Punch came out and I'm like, whoa, this looks similar. This Fair. looks fun. I was not into video games I knew nothing I didn't even know that that movie was about a video game and Sucker Punch came out and I'm like that looks really good and it came out on HBO or something and I had it and so I like put it on and uh, my kids were around and we were like oh this is gonna be fun this is gonna be like Resident Evil and like 15 minutes into it all three of us were like huh let's go outside so Sucker Punch if you cut out all of the real world things and put it to a bitchin soundtrack is just a live the action soundtrack. bad Heavy metal. Yes. Like the, the, yes. the soundtrack is amazing. <laughs> yep. yes. Yeah. But shout out to Lisa Klus, who will never, ever fucking watch that movie again. Oh, she hated it a lot. A lot, a lot. <laughs> but, um, but the thing is, there's good DC stuff. And there's good DC stuff coming down the pike. And there was good DC stuff after Justice League. Aquaman. I don't think you say it's not a great movie. I loved it. That Shazam! Was, Shazam! Was Shazam was fun. It's Aquaman just a was fun, fun super fun movie. Yes. Shazam was super fun. Nobody can argue Aquaman that. It was fun, and Aquaman was fun. And, and 1984 was... We're not going to talk about that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> It no, was. Aquaman we had amazing. another Wonder Woman movie. Yay! We had 1984. Right? Yep. Uh, please. No. Yep. Like, I like it. I okay. Um, and I'm trying to be positive. The new Suicide Squad looks so 
goddamn good. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Yes. <laughs> also, Jen, in, in this whole DC flood, and partially it was Ron Funches in the uh in the in the, the animated Harley Quinn Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn yeah. series. She has become such a fan of King Shark. Dude, I love King Shark. Oh, but I'm so bummed. Like in the movie, can we please and have Ron Funches is an amazing King Shark. <laughs> He's so good as King Shark. I just a quick pause. I am glad that we live in the timeline where we can have a debate about who's the best King Shark. Right? Yay! <laughs> Yay. I'm I'm happy with this world. With people who are not necessarily DC people. And they're not making fun of it. It's not no, like an ironic no, like both, sarcastic. Both look like they're gonna be awesome. So yeah, there's a lot of good No, stuff. I'm so mad. I'm mad. I don't know. If if you're gonna have not Ron Funches, because you're going for at least a little kind of more serious. Sylvester so Stallone so is okay as a voice. All right, fine. But I <laughs> Mr. T would have been better. <laughs> I just want to know that there's good stuff coming down the pike for us DC fans. There, there is. are yeah, yeah. lights at the end of the tunnel. From what I've heard, the intention is not to use the Snyder Cut as the, the leaping off point for the rest of the cinematic universe. And I right. think with the new Batman movie coming out, they're kind of embracing multiverse theory. They're going to, what I expect is that they've given up on a cinematic universe. They're just going to do things kind of on their lonesome. And I'm okay with that if that's what they decide to do. I think the as long as they make that, another Green Lantern movie. Yes, as long as, as, long as they make Lantern. a better Green Lantern movie. I said I, another. Another would I be think, better. I think what we're going to see, um, especially after we've had a year of, of pandemic now, is a focus on long form storytelling or TV show. Um, we're already seeing it with the, uh, the MCU movie into WandaVision now Falcon Listen, and Winter Soldier. Netflix pushed this. Yeah, right, right, right. I get it. But, yeah. but we've had, again, I've watched Titans. I will eventually. Oh, I have, I have a picture. Doom Patrol. Somebody sent me a, Doom Patrol. A love it. Doom Patrol. Like, Roger, which, I am a huge fan of Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. Yeah, Doom Patrol was great. Is really awesome. I, Hit me up. Okay. I'll tell you what to read. The CW found, in my opinion, I've only watched the first episode, but I will say the CW found their perfect niche in Superman and Lois because it is a show that has drama without being melodramatic but it also has the opportunity to go all full superhero and it doesn't i still think y'all need to watch black lightning two episodes it's i love right i do not i do not believe that they can go more than five episodes without introducing melodrama it's the cw hang on roger do you think that that Black Lightning also fulfills this role with being a CW show that manages to have a ton of drama and it's still a little melodramatic, but not like super melodramatic. No, it's not super melodramatic, and it and, it, and it, I think it has to do with the fact that they're approaching it as a uh, a black superhero drama, and they're using the African American diaspora as an example for the work, as opposed to you know a generally white audience. Oh um, yeah, and, and three yeah. episodes on Netflix, or not three episodes, three seasons on Netflix. Yeah. And and the fourth also one's Legends coming of soon. Tomorrow. See, Legends of Tomorrow is just coming. I, no, I, 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 I keep trying. They won't. The Legends uh, of Tomorrow. The Legends of Tomorrow is the most Fuck fun in The Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> I love them. I mean, it is. Uh, we were talking about things that didn't have melodrama. It, well, it's silly. It's silly. <laughs> it's, though. It's, you, it's you are super silly. silly. Oh, why do you like that shit? I don't understand. What? So let why me, do you like John Waters? It's probably the same. Uh, what you got, um, Roger? 
the the reason the reason that I enjoy the legends is because so it's like there was this huge setup and they're like this is super serious and you guys are gonna save the world all over timelines and, and whatnot and it's you know it's flash and, 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 and the, the green first arrow. season the first season was kind of that yep and then they kind of went uh we've kind of fucked reality um we're just gonna kind of have fun with this show and right. there are so many examples of that kind of stuff in DC comics where they didn't take themselves so seriously and if you watch like for example the interactions between uh the rogues gallery for flash like oh, yeah. this kind of interaction between Nick and Rory like they 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 deviated from it a little bit but there are totally interactions like that in those groups and it's a lot of fun you know because yeah. the, the flash villains are, are very serious about their their role but it, it they get to have humor in it and because it's a lighter comic they do it it's those moments where um, Barry sidles up next to one of his rogues gallery at a bar being like buddy you've been doing oh, yeah. so good yeah like, right with Mark Hamill on, with Mark Hamill right well and, and that's the thing is that's <laughs> also why Legends of Tomorrow was my gateway drug to Flash and watching yeah. more of the Flash because again the Flash has more melodrama oh, but run, very yeah oh my god Barry no Wrong Barry game. yes <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's uh, Legends Stay tuned of... for next episode. Oh, we have that same theme I'm with sorry. Sabrina. Yeah. Wait, Sabrina wait, yes. wait, but Josh was watching The Flash. We're doing Archie comic, and it was yeah. it was the I don't even know what I don't know. I watched 15 minutes of it's it. The third season, and it was oh, one two. character who was hiding something from the rest of the team, and then another character that discovered it. But it's like we're still doing this three seasons. No, in. no, yes, and discovered it, and then. The other character made that character promise they wouldn't, uh, whatever. And I'm like, you're watching the CW. And then, like, within that 15 minutes, it was the, that character told the other characters. And then the other character was like, you said you wouldn't tell. It's like, are we six years old? Yes. Are we well, six to be fair, years old? Yes. To be fair, this Come is on. the CW. And Sam, and Dean, oh. Sam and Dean have been hiding oh. shit from, the, from each other for 15 seasons. Oh, it's true. That's true. Well, Sam but they don't do it in the same. Like, it's not, it just doesn't feel so, so saccharine. Pascal, so I gotta tell you the secret. Okay, uh, I totally Why told Sam. What? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes. It's just the CW. Right. Superheroes or not. It's the CW in general. And it's proto-CW. It goes Vampire like... Diaries. Oh, yes. no, it goes It goes back it's to Smallville. Okay, Smallville. so yeah. you're not winning me over, Roger. It goes to, <laughs> hold on, but it, it goes to Buffy. Yep. yep. Same shit. Yeah, I didn't like yep. it there either. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but, no, that's uh, because that's because you're, but like, because I'm old. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I can no. tell you right now, if I go back and watch Buffy again, I'm not going to enjoy it as much as I did when I was in I would, my 20s. I would say it's just because you're tired of people's bullshit. But um, uh, you know, you know how old I was when I was tired of people's bullshit. I was three. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, instead of this being a four-hour Snyder cut episode, well, I think uh, let's just say final, final thoughts, and I will start with Kat. Uh, I mean to wrap up my rant beginning. Uh, it's hard to be a DC fan. It's I live in constant hope it will get better. Every time they announce a new DC project, I'm like, this one's gonna be great. When Man of Steel got announced, I was so excited. Aren't you also a Texans fan? Not anymore. <laughs> hey, don't, don't you bring sports into this? Don't but mess with Texas. Oh, blues fan. Let's make fan. fun there of my go. bluesness and go. allow me to say we won the Stanley Cup. <laughs> 
And the Blackhawks didn't get to go to the playoffs that year. It was a double win year. <laughs> but Damn. I, I live in Shots constant fired. hope that the next DC thing is going to be good. And when Man of Steel got announced, I was so pumped for it. And then my husband read the spoilers. And then I was like, let's go watch Man of Steel. And he's like, no, I don't feel like it. We avoided it until it was out of theaters. And I got so mad that when it got on a rental, I'm like, we're renting Man of Steel. I'm pissed we didn't watch it. And we get most of <laughs> We start getting through and I start watching it by sitting up and excited. And as the movie goes on, I slouch and slouch until I'm laying on the couch in a depression. And then it gets to the end and he snaps Zod's neck and I pop off the couch, point at my TV and go, fuck you, that's bullshit. And my husband from the other room who did not watch this movie with me just goes, that's why we didn't see it in the theater. <laughs> I didn't like Justice League, not the Snyder Cut. I, I love the Whedon Cut for the most part. It'll get better, DC fans. It will. I believe in it. I I, I live in constant hope. <laughs> like Superman's logo. <laughs> like Barry Allen. Yeah. Roger, final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts. Uh, Snyder Cut made some interesting changes. I would say that both of them have value to watch. I like Cat. I love DC, and I've loved uh, most everything they've put out, even when it's bad. Um, that said, I really have an issue with the way that the DC cinematic universe has been played out. I feel like it's way too dark, and these, you know, these uh, they're they're forgetting a lot of the time that these walking gods are also people, and it makes it makes me sad to not see the human elements of those stories. Listen, the DC cinematic universe hasn't failed it's just found one more way that doesn't work it's very hopeful it is, Thomas very says it. is that that's it? all i got that's all you got jen i would say that my uh you know i'm not gonna say deep dive my my dip in in the water that i've done here has made me more interested and more invested in seeing better stories and i and i kind of see it on the horizon with the the uh sequel to the suicide squad um i think that you know the movies that are out there now are, are flawed in what I've seen the written material be. And so I agree with Kat. I, I think that there, there are better stories told. And I look forward to seeing them. So I agree in the same way. Um, there was a time in my life that I would have seen this as a Marvel versus DC. And I don't think that. I no. think especially what we've learned in five seasons of this show is, I mean, it's not even Marvel DC. You also have Wild Storm. You have Image. You have IDW. You have all of these other other areas, and it's not necessarily. It doesn't have to be a one versus another. Like if if this is and this whole iteration up until the Snyder Cut has been one director's view, um, that Warner Brothers, for better or for worse, gave that director the race. And I think that as Cat said, DC should be for DC should be mm -hmm. bright and it should be optimistic and it should be bad guys and good guys and good guys win more often. You know, you can have setback. DC more than Marvel, I would argue, is right. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel like DC right now is at the Marvel, like, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man level. Yeah, but not even that, because Tobey Maguire Spider-Man still had Doc Ock. You know, Spider-Man 2 had yeah, Doc yeah, Ock. Yeah, it had its one shining moment. Right, right. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's, it's I, I I see a lot of potential, and especially when we read more comics, because now I've been introduced to Ralph Digby. I've been introduced to Plastic Man. I've been introduced to a lot of these heroes that I'm like, oh, okay, that's what I like. It's just they're not, they're not the big three. They're not on the 
forefront. And I think DC more than Marvel says, here are our big three, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. And if nothing else, you will like one of these three. And growing up, I was like, okay, cool. I like Batman. Yeah, where I was too. Where Marvel kind of, kind of, kind of has a, has a palette, has, yeah. has more yeah. of a palette to yeah. say, here are more of our characters that yeah. are up front. But and you can choose your favorite. Even growing up, we had more Marvel. Like, right. I'm a Gen Xer. You're a Gen Xer. We had, we had Spider-Man on Electric Company, we had yep. the X Men animated series. Yep. We had a, a Hulk TV series. Yeah, seven. Fantastic Four TV yeah. series. Seven and right. Hulk TV At series. the same time, Batman the animated series was the first big. But Mighty no, Ice Shazam. Shazam. Hmm? Is that DC? That means it's Shazam. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so 70s had Shazam and Mighty Isis. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Batman was in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Right. 60s. And yeah. Superman has been in the zeitgeist forever. They're between yeah. radio shows, the old yeah, George. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but I think. I'm talking think, about. And yeah. then Chris, all the Christopher Reeve, all what, six Christopher Reeve movies? Four. Four. Is there yeah. only four? Yeah. The 80s. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yes, that's right. Because four the was Nick Lee. Yeah, really like that's because Christopher Reeve Three. was an amazing Superman. Yeah, he will die on that hill. Three yeah, was yeah. nuclear man. Because it was the same one with Richard Pryor. I have a whole thing about oh, that. Yeah, I right. know it's bad. You don't want to know. That's not the same one as Richard Pryor. <laughs> it sure it is. Because there were no. three. Yes, it is. Oh, I, I, I will put money down. There were three. You're seeing nuclear man the same one as Richard Pryor. Yes, there were three oh, separate bucks. plots. In that same movie, I, I might go with Roger on this. I'm pretty sure Nuclear no, Man Josh was four. No, Josh is right. Josh is right. No, nope. it was bad. I, I, just because I don't believe Josh means I should believe you. <laughs> I'm Superman with Roger on this. It's two on two. Superman four: The Quest for Peace is the one with Nuclear Man, and Superman three is the one with Richard Pryor. Oh shit! Because no, you're you know right. They you're talk right. about it in uh no, but, no, you're right. Because four the is the one where they got uh the original Lex Luthor back. But the one with Nuclear Man has like no, they three Gene plots Hackman in it. for the You're first not wrong port. about that part. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, yeah it but what we were specifically talking about was Nuclear Man yes. was four. So right. thank you, Roger. We were right. Yes. <laughs> I true. can't wait to collect my money. I'll be walking down. <laughs> <laughs> See you soon. Uh, yep. We have a space for you, honey. But anyway. Oh, the, so the point is I, I have an appreciation for DC that I did not have before this show. And I have a hope that Kat has. Because I've also seen the animated stuff. And the animated stuff by and large is well in the phenomenal. 90s the animated stuff was for both dc and marvel the animated stuff that was on tv was freaking amazing right but yeah. the current dc but is DC keeps making really great animated movies yeah they yeah. do well but they also make really good series i mean i'd also the, like the to point out right now Quinn series was amazing i'd also right. like to point out right now that even though uh jen won't appreciate it teenage mutant ninja turtles also dc no IDW. no that's technically they're from the Daredevil universe. Yeah, yeah, very technically yeah. they were but they're the same but stuff. they're owned by IDW. They're not and that's DC fine. property. They can stay in the sewers. Yeah, that's fine. That's okay. Yeah. That's fine. Except for care. they've been there with Batman, which makes them, in my mind, be part of the DC universe. I, I okay, well, care. Marvel has had a crossover with DC. Does that make uh, DC part of the Marvel universe? Yes. I had a pet turtle once. <laughs> uh, amalgam universe. Uh, on a game amalgam. Yeah. All right. We're going to be part of something. We're going to be part of the Marvel universe. Well, everyone, this has been a very fucking long episode. This has been as long as the Batman. Why the fuck is DC what does this? Um, Because we have lots of... Hashtag, 
We have opinions, trademark. It's not even just opinions. It's there's a lot of media. Yeah. yeah. Marvel's only really started getting movies yeah. for their stuff in the last, in the 10, last years. ten years. That's true. And a lot of the DC stuff you guys have covered, well, not Wonder Woman, and we talked about it in the Wonder Woman episode, but Batman, Superman, and Justice. There's a lot of been media. around since well, the fifties. And to be fair, it's not DC. It's the treatment of DC that yeah. we've had the biggest discussions about. Yep. You know, if we narrowed it down to actual literature of DC. It'd be shorter. We would not have as much discussion. I mean, we we are all really up in arms about how DC is treated in, in even though, like, even though yeah. we can yeah. all say that yeah. we we are not yeah. like big DC people. Like Kat's a big DC person. The rest of us are all not big DC people. We all had very solid opinions yeah. about this last movie. Yeah, yeah. So um this has been graphically novel. Thank you, Roger and Kat, for joining us once again, being our, our DC expert. Always uh, a pleasure. You yeah. will you will absolutely be back again uh come back and tune in next time when we will be going over sabrina the teenage witch sabrina no until then take it away vandello <laughs> But you don't want to see my